Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, I've covered Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Now we're going to look at the straight-to-video sequel I personally feel shouldn't have been made, but it's good for a laugh. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves from 1997. Oh, boy. Yeah, we can see why this didn't make it to the theaters. But then again, if you think about it, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was 89, right? Honey, I Blew Up the Kid was 1993. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves came out four years later. I think we were off the honey train by that point. I mean, this movie, let's see, is an hour and 14 minutes how long? The other ones had to have been at least, like, uh, the first one is an hour and 33 minutes. The second one was an hour 29. This one can even make it to 90 minutes. That's pretty sad. So, and I watched the trailer because I haven't seen it in ages. And it doesn't, it mentions Honey, We Shrunk Our, the Kids, right? Because it's all about the shrinking ray. Nowhere does it mention, honey, we blew up the kid because they're not enlarging anyone. This time, they're shrinking. Should I try to shrink you, Quinn? Nope. <laughs> you silly girl. So this movie was released on home video March 18th, 1997. Oh, here's a tagline. The world's wackiest scientist has done it again. Here's IMDb's summary. Mischief device created by Wayne Selinski mess up again. This time, not the children have shrunk, but the adults themselves. Uh, okay, that is a very interesting summary. Um, uh, this has got a four, it's got a 5.0, which, not really surprising. The other ones I know had higher. Honey... Shrunk the Kids had a 6.3. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid had a 4.8. The third movie gets two points more than this monstrosity? Oh my gall. Okay, let's look at the cast. We got Rick Moranis reprising his role as Wayne Selinski. We have Eve Gordon playing Diane Selinski. So, Eve Gordon has been in a few things. She's been in some horror stuff. Uh, Ouija. Uh, she was in Big Little Lies? I didn't see her. Uh, she must have played like a um, child psychologist or a doctor or somebody because her character's name has a daughter. The Good Doctor. So, she's still working. I know she played and She was in Glee. What? Hold on a second. I swear this lady played Al Borland's girlfriend slash wife, right? Okay, I rest my case. Maybe she is. I, I swear that when I saw this, I'm like, hey, that's the lady who was married to Al Borland on Home Improvement, but whatever. Next, we have Bug Hall, who we all would know from the 90s movie The Little Rascals. He played Alfalfa. He really... I'm just trying to think what other things that Bug Hall had done prior to that Little Rascals in 94. Because there's the Little Rascals in 94. 
And then there, okay, what in the world's going on? Uh, we have Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves three years later. It was in a movie called Tad. The story of Abraham Lincoln's presidency told from this perspective of his son, Tad. Uh, okay, interesting. Oh, that's right. He was in the Big Green in '95. Buster Stupid in the Stupids '96 with Tom Arnold. The Monster's Scary Little Christmas. You played Little Boy in Hercules. Uh, let's see, skipped parts. Oh yeah, I remember that movie. You had Brad Renfro and that movie was stupid. <laughs> it also has Misha Barton. Mishka Barton? Misha Barton from the OC. He was in 2002's Get a Clue with Lindsay Lohan. Let's see. Just trying to see what else he has done. He was in an episode of Charmed, an episode of the OC, CSI Miami, and one of those straight-to-DVD American Pie films. Just a bunch of little things that he's, like, one-bit person, pretty much. Um... Of course, we also have, but most famously, he was Alfalfa in the 94 Little Rascals movie. We have Robin Bartlett playing Patty Selinski, who was married to Wayne's brother. She, I remember her from City of Angels. Yep. She was in the movie Lean on Me. I gotta watch that. That's a good one. The Glass Castle. All right. Let's see here. We got Stuart Pankin playing Gordon, Wayne's brother, who we didn't even know he had a brother until this movie came along. But this guy, he did the voice of Earl in the Dinosaurs movie. What was his last name, though? This guy's been in a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. He was in an episode of The Golden Girls, Family Ties, Fatal Attraction. Um, who's the boss? Trying to find a ratnophobia. Yeah, he played the sheriff in Rat. He was an asshole in that movie. He played three different characters in Night Court. Where? There was a sequel to Mannequin? Ew! Oh my goodness gracious sake. Come on, I know that it's here. He did do the voice of the dinosaur. He's got that voice. I just gotta find out where it is. He was in two episodes of Bonkers. Hold on a second. Here we go! Earl Sinclair! This show only lasted for 65 episodes? I used to watch this on, um, where it was air on Saturdays. And it's kind of funny because we got. Earl Sinclair, then we got, who's playing Jessica Walter as Fran Sinclair? We got Steve Whitmer, don't know him. Wait, no, Jason Willinger as Robbie Sinclair, because we got, like, someone does a body, someone does a everyone's being credited for the body of the costume, the face of the costume, and then, of course, the person who provides the voice. Then we have Charlene, who is played by Sally Struthers, who I later found out as an adult did the voice for Rebecca Cunningham from the show Tailspin, so, wow. She was also, of course, on All in the Family. We got Allison Mack playing Jenny Selinski. She, and also... Jake Richardson, who plays her younger brother Mitch, are cousins of Adam Selinski. They are also daughter and son of Gordon Selinski. 
And of course, the last thing she did was American Odyssey in 2015 because her career is most likely donezo with that sex cult or whatever she uh, decided to start. Yeah, she was in No Dessert Dead Till You Mow the Lawn with Joanna Kearns and Robert Hayes, Camp Nowhere, Jake Richardson. Oh, he was in Problem Child, all Problem Child 3, the direct-to-TV movie piece-of-shit film that none of the original cast came back for except for Gilbert Godfrey. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's in that movie. We got the kid who played Derek on Full House, Michelle's friend, um, who's also in The Little Rascals, playing somebody. And we have Brock Pierce from First Kid, who's also playing somebody in that movie as well. No amount of money can get me to, no amount of any begging can get me to do Problem Child 3. The first two, yes. This, fuck no. (laughs) It's a piece of shit film. Yes, Fudge, which was the adaption from the tales of the fourth grade nothing and super fudge which there's also a movie and you know in the second book if you read read everyone's read super fudge that baby tootsie peter's little sister i can't even remember what her original name was because tootsie of course is the nickname just like fudge is short for farley drexel um and this only lasted 25 episodes, lasted two seasons. Let's see, 10 episodes in the first season. You got 15 episodes in the last season. It was an all right show. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't great. Eve Plum, of course, played the mother. She was known as Jan Brady on The Brady Bunch. Let's see. Um, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves in 97. 98, he played Johnny Morton in the Seventh Heaven, Johnny Get Your Gun, Season 3, Episode 7 of Seventh Heaven. Um, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. That's another direct-to-video sequel to Richie Rich starring David Gallagher, who was in all the seasons of Seventh Heaven, and Look Who's Talking Now. And yeah, it's just kind of one-off type things here and there. Is what he's done. Okay, so now that I bored you to death with with what everyone else did before this movie and most likely after. Because we got the main cast here. Oh, didn't I? I said that uh, Mila Kunis, who plays Jackie on that 70s show, this is, I think, her first, one of her first movies. We got this fuck nugget kid playing Ricky King. This kid is like all hot shit apparently because all the girls want to be all up on his ass or dick or whatever. So the movie, of course, was directed by Dean Cundy? Is that right? Stuart Gordon was a writer on it with other, other, a bunch of other people was the only movie that this guy directed he looks like he had some work on jurassic park let's see uh apollo 13 what the hell is this escape from new york i don't know the flintstones also starred in rick moranis back to the future 3 all right okay let's get into the trivia the film was originally scheduled for a theatrical release Really? During the 1996 holiday season. Oh, okay. (laughs) However, because Disney was having success with animated direct-to-video films, 
the studio chose this film as the first live-action directed video movie. It's probably just as well. I don't think this movie would have done well at all in the theater. Um, Rick Moranis' final live-action role before leaving acting, and I did, if you've heard, it sounds like he may be coming back out of retirement to do the Honey, I Shrunk the, the TV show. Only film series to not have an animated credit sequence. That's right, because only the first two do. The film takes place eight years after Honey, I Blow Up the Kid. In this film, Adam is ten and was two years old in the previous film. There is no mention, I don't believe there's any mention of Honey, I Blow Up the Kid, like, at all. And we get uh, Amy and Nick, like, name drop at the beginning. So around 15 minutes, when Wayne and Gordon first uncovered the shrinking machine, the opening chime from the theme tune of Back to the Future 1985 can be heard. This film's director, Dean Cudley, was the director of photography of Back to the Future, Back to the Future Part 2, and Back to the Future Part 3. The phrase, honey, we shrunk ourselves, is never actually said in the film. Instead, Diane asks Wayne, are we shrunk? To which Wayne replies, I I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, we are. Which is the closest she comes to saying the titular phrase. The song Adam sings is the same songs the kids sing at camp in the film Piranha and Bill Murray sang in Caddyshack. I swear, like, the kids in The Good Son, um, Macaulay Culkin's character and Elijah Wood's character were singing that song, too. Eve Gordon and Allison Mack appeared together in the 1991 movie Switched at Birth. Around an hour and four minutes when Gordon is pretending to be God in order to get the kids' attention. He asked Ricky King, how come I know you live on Sycamore? Sycamore is the name of the street that the Solinsky family lived on in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Possibly implying that the family still lives in the same area. Why the hell would they live on the same area? They didn't even live in the same area in the sequel. They moved from Fresno to frickin' Nevada. Like, miles away from Las Vegas. What, did they move back to Sycamore at the end? I don't think so. However, the second film in the series, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, showed that the family had moved to the suburbs of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's possible that the family moved back in between the movies, albeit to the more upscale neighborhood shown in the movie. I highly doubt that very much. Alright, here's some goofs. Around nine minutes, when Wayne suggests drinking milk to disperse the glowing liquid throughout the body by using the calcium channel. Calcium channels are found in muscles and bones and help regulate muscle and nerve function. It's not a transport function. After Mitch has fainted and Adam and Jenny are feeding him a banana, Jenny is speaking to Mitch, but her lips aren't moving correctly. Yes, there's always going to be at least one faint in each movie. Uh, Honey, I Believe the Kid had at least three. We had Diane, we had Mandy the babysitter, and we had the blonde-haired neighbor dressed up in a magician's costume. Let's see. When we see Wayne and the rest of the adults falling down the laundry chute with the shark cruiser, the bands they use to hold themselves in have disappeared. Trey turns the radio stereo on twice. When the parents are in the toy car riding on the track, there's a scene where a bulldozer is about to wipe them out, but in several shots, the car has yet to cross in front of the bulldozer yet. Between those scenes, the car has already passed the bulldozer. Interesting. <laughs> Let's see here. When Mitch discovers Diane and Patty on the table, there's a shot where he bends down and says, Mom? 
In this shot, Patty is on the left and Diane is on the right. It cuts to both of them nodding, and they have switched sides. That it cuts to Mitch feigning, and they are back in their original positions. I'll have to look for this one. Crew or equipment visible. When Adam and Mitch are playing with their chilly volcano, it is getting ready to erupt. A crew member's hand can be seen pushing the balloon back down into the volcano. I will definitely look for that. Gordon shows his stomach, and he has no belly button. Well, maybe it's below his uh, belt buckle. Who knows? Alright, let's get into this movie, but before we do, I want to let you know that if you want to watch any of these three movies, they are currently available on Disney+. Plus. In fact, that's how I'm going to watch Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves via the Disney Plus streaming site. Alright, let's get into this movie. Oh, boy. So just as his trivia says for this movie, we don't get an animated opening much like the first and the second movie. It just is right on their house, which looks nothing like the second house, which looks nothing like the first house. Clearly, since they only have one child living with them, they probably thought, why don't we just downsize? We don't need that much space anymore. Because eight years have passed, clearly, they're probably even grandparents at this point, probably with Amy. I mean, when we left off in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Amy was 19, so she's got to be at least 26. Nick's probably got to be at least 22. He's probably getting out of college. And then we have 10-year-old Adam. The only bit of quote-unquote animation, if you even really want to call it that, is with the font. It says, and it's in red font. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. You see shrunk going from regular size to tiny size. Well, if anything, they're going to keep the same thing with the movie opening with the mailman. But now that they don't have Quark anymore because he more than likely passed away due to old age, we hope, <laughs> they actually have a tube Connecting the bottom of the mailbox going right into the house. They still did. This has got to be the same mailbox because the mailman puts the mail in the slot and then he takes the the bone and thing and just pushes it in and that activates the uh, mail to be inserted into the tube. Remember in the second movie, that's what Quark does. He grabs that bone pulls it and then the mail for in the second movie is dropped into like a little plastic basket for him to grab and take into the house. That pipe actually is underground. That is so cool. We have a sign on the on the side of a ho the house that actually blinks US mail. Like alerting the family. Oh, you have mail. And they do have one of those signs. Remember how in the first movie they had that sign um, when Wayne was typing something out? Oh, no, it's in um, in the attic. It said breakfast because Amy was letting him know breakfast. But, of course, in this one they have one of those digital readout signs that says mail has arrived. 
So I'm going to take a look at this cork board and see what all is on it. So we have a like a news clipping that says pay IRS less. In the right hand corner there's a picture of Adam Selinski. There's a picture also more or less to the left side of the cork board. There's a picture of a lady with two girls. Looks like they're going out a birthday cake. I'm just going to say, and I don't even think this is it, but let's just shoot for the moon here with it's Amy and she's got two daughters at this point. So we can just say that Wayne and Diane are now grandparents. Because, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by age 26 that maybe Amy got married and has got a couple kids. We see something for science and math explorations. There's a black and white photo. I'm guessing either that could be an old picture of Wayne when he was young or Diane when she was young. There's also a framed photo on the kitchen counter just under the cork board that is of Adam and Wayne and Diane. We also see a brochure for a resort, a spa resort, that this is going to be the thing that Diane and her sister-in-law, Patty, who's married to Wayne's brother, um, Gordon, they're going to be going out of town. This, they're like, i got to get away from my kids. They're horrible. I hate them. So I guess this has been planned for two months, and Diane's on the phone with Patty saying, I'm so excited. I can't wait until we leave tomorrow and get out of this place and just get away from our kids. We get a uh, product placement of Total Cereal, and we see 10-year-old Adam eating at the Kitchen Island. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not Adam's cereal. That's uh, Diane's cereal. No, Adam is actually at the Kitchen Island getting... He's apparently run out of PB peanut butter and can't make a sandwich. So Adam, of course, doesn't know what to do because they're out of peanut butter. He's like, Mom, we're out of peanut butter. And she's, of course, on the phone. He's like, Mom, look, we're out of peanut butter. And she's like, so what? I don't know about, you go talk to your dad. Apparently, he's the one who's supposed to get, like, the groceries and everything. So if we're out of peanut butter, blame him. And she's asking Patty, like, hey, do you think you can pick me up at 7 a.m. tomorrow? Oh, you can eat? Okay. So now we're going to go outside where Wayne is on the phone talking to somebody about the shrink ray being put into the Smithsonian Museum while I was there. I didn't see it because clearly this is just fictional. There was really a shrink ray out there. Oh my goodness sake. Wow. Imagine the possibilities of what could be done with it. So yeah, from the second movie, he's still got that... Uh, helmet phone thing but just like the second movie with the solar panels on the van this phone machine helmet got solar panels he, hold on i lost the sun because he's losing the connection so yeah when just making arrangements to get the thing shit it's in like a bunch of different wooden crates and he's like i really want to be able to you know Everything's packed the way it needs to be packed, and I don't want it to get there undamaged. I would rather just assemble it myself. And he's like, all right, well, the movers will be here. And then, of course, he's going to make some lame joke about, <laughs> feel free to use it to shrink the national debt. And I love, <laughs> he Wayne says how responsible he is, and then Adam's like, hey, Dad, we're out of peanut butter. Mom says you're responsible. So, yeah, Wayne's like, hey, can you believe it, Adam? Your dad's invention's going to be right up there with a gramophone. And Adam, of course, who's 10 years old, this is 1997, he's like, what's a gramophone? 
And Wayne's like, it's an early record player. And Adam, of course, 10 years old, 97, is like, what's a record player? And Wayne's like, an early CD player. Oh my gosh, what did you want? Ugh, peanut butter, cheese peats. He's like, oh, we had to go and have a third kid, didn't we? I'm surprised they don't have a, like, a whole cupboard stocked of PB and jelly. I mean, because he's 10. You know, kids are always eating the PB and J. And macaroni. Don't kids, I mean, he's, I'm sure even after you hit, you know, age five, you're still under the macaroni. I don't see why he's going to be with, like, the vegetables and the Hormel chili and the uh, Metamucil and the adult gummy vitamins and the Flintstones tubable vitamins and any other imaginable thing that they have in this cupboard that's on the shelf unit that's on the wall. And he's like, where are you, peanut butter? Where are you? Adam isn't even bothering to look. Like, dude, you could help. Product placement with the cereals tricks and Honey Nut Cheerios. So while Wayne is trying to find peanut butter in the most unimaginable places you would ever not put peanut butter, you surely wouldn't put it underneath the sink with the cleaners uh, and the Windex. Um, he's bringing up baseball camp again because Adam really wants to go. And this is where we get the name drop of Amy and Nick and what they did. I guess Amy went to drama camp. Nick went to Camp Isosceles. Yeah, I'm sure he did when he was, like, Adam's age. In the second movie, at 14, Nick didn't give a rat's ass about science. He was more into playing his guitar and going out with girls and stuff like that. He's Adam's pretty much drained, cleaned out that Skippy peanut butter jar. <laughs> there ain't nothing there. But yeah, I've been thinking about baseball camp. And Wayne's like, oh, what? You don't want to go to that science camp that you went to last year? He's like, ugh, fuck no. Okay, uh, Adam went to Camp Isosceles. He's like, oh, yeah, that's fun, but I've been there now three years in a row. He's been there. What? Kid, you need to stand up for yourself, okay? Because, and Wayne, you need to be listening to your son. If he doesn't want to go to this damn camp, it's the same thing like Big Russ Thompson was doing with Little Russ Thompson. Like, oh, my gosh, you need to do the weight thing and, 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 and. Be on the football team when you're scrawny-ass, stick-thin kid. Just let the kids do what they want to do with their lives. If they're interested in baseball and not science, let them be interested in baseball. Hey, that's kind of a fun little callback. Well, it's not really a callback, but um, the whole baseball with uh, Ron with hitting that baseball into the attic. I know that's a pretty loose thread there, but still <laughs> connecting the first to the uh, the third one here. They have so much product placement. That's probably where they spend the majority of the budget on. They got dough. They have so much corn, canned corn, frosted Cheerios. They have so much cereal and veggies, but they can't stock up on peanut butter. Wayne finds a container of peanuts. Like, oh, here we go, peanuts. Oh, there's a coffee grinder over there. It's like, ew! So he's going to eat ground up peanuts on his sandwich. Ugh. See, I told you it seems like he never wanted this child to begin with. 
Adam must have been one of those oops babies. Because the way he's like, in the second movie, he's all like, oh my gosh. He keeps escaping from his playpen, but I keep putting him in there. Oh my gosh, why is he playing with stuff? Keep him quiet. What? We're supposed to play the hokey pokey with him. Ugh. It's like, dude, you clearly acted like he didn't want this child. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta help you make a peanut butter sandwich? <sighs> How many more years until you move out? Eight? Ugh, jeez. Thank the Lord they did not have a fourth kid <laughs> after they, they were making out at the very end of the second film. Like, you are going to make another kid. <laughs> no. I'm sure Diane had the little uh, snip snip. And Adam's like, all my friends are going to baseball camp. And Wayne's like, oh, well, baseball's just a trend. But science, that that is, like, he says baseball's a trend. It'll pass. <sighs> but he's like, science is always cool. He actually, he doesn't even like his job. I'm sorry, but call. Always, he's not listening to his kid. He's, so apparently the coffee machine also had some coffee grounds in it. Because he hands it to Adam. Here you go. And Adam just looks at it. There are grounds in it. Like coffee grounds. That's nasty. And Wayne's like, well, it's decaf. Did Rick Moranis really want to be in this dang movie? Because he doesn't act like he does. So, Wayne is now the president of Solinsky. I'm guessing it's Solinsky Labs. He's got a... He always seems like he's always running late for something. Like, he's a big presentation. And Adam's like, you're the president. Why does it matter if you're late? He's like, well, the presidents don't get to have a lot of fun. And, Yeah. So basically, Wayne's the president, and his brother Gordon, who also works there, apparently also a scientist, is the one who's inventing stuff. Diane comes down, another product placement, 7-Eleven. She's got a Slurpee in her hand. <laughs> and Wayne's all like, oh, Tiki Man, I like how you made it rain yesterday. I love you, Tiki Man. And Diane's like, this Tiki Man has got to go. He's taking up way too much. This thing is huge. It's like the size of what Adam was in the second movie when he was seven feet tall. And I get it. Diane's like, get rid of this Tiki Man. He's taking up too much space. You could put a coat hanger where he's at. That comic book that looks like it's uh, Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica has an ad on the very back of it that says Bart Simpson on it. They are heavy with product placement in this movie. Like, you can't get enough of the product placement in this movie. Apparently, Diane still wears the pants in this family because she is telling him to get rid of that damn Tiki Man. Belongs in a miniature golf course. You're saying goodbye to Tiki Man this week. And when I get back from my vacay on Sunday, this thing is out of my house. Adam decides to forego the PB&J because it's just ground-up peanuts and coffee grounds. No one wants that on their PB&J sandwich. You just toss it like, fuck this shit, throw it in the trash. So he grabs a big canister of LaChoy, another product placement, uh, noodles, which are still in the container. They're not cooked. So are you just bringing it to school and hoping you can find some water in a microwave somewhere? And Diane comes into the kitchen like, cold chow mein for lunch, and it, uh, Adam's like, yeah, all the kids are eating it. But that's uncooked. How are you going to cook that? Are you just going to eat dried chow mein noodles? I mean, that probably isn't too bad. Hmm. That sounds interesting. 
So Adam drops a uh, Nick reference here, like, hey, Mom, did Nick ever complain about going to Camp Isosceles? She's like, oh, yeah, he sure did. He complained that it lasted only six weeks and not eight. <sighs> so Adam's like, oh, Nick is such a brain box. So now Adam's kind of asking his mom, like, what if I don't want to go to a camp named after a triangle? And she's like, oh, would you rather go to drama camp like Amy did? You two, you and Wayne both, act like you are so inconvenienced by this child. Oh, if we didn't have you, we could be retiring right now. Like, they could be empty nesters. It's like, what in the what? Oh, she went to Shakespeare camp. Really? That's a nice insight for Amy. I mean, we knew she'd like to dance. We saw her dancing with that disgusting mop head in the first movie. We know she liked to go to the mall. We know that she went to college. I love when she asked, would you rather do that? And he just was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Apparently they have a bug infestation here with, uh, she rolls up a magazine and hits a bug that's on the stove. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's Danny Longlegs. And she uses the same rolled up magazine. She goes to hit it. And Adam's like, no, 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 mom, don't do that. Daddy Longlegs long are good. They eat other bugs. And of course, Anne's like, eh, fine. And then she's like, tell your friends. <laughs> Notice on the clock on the wall, it's like five minutes to eight. What time does school start? Those kids have probably all got to be in, what, fifth, sixth grade at this point? And hearing the metal crashing, apparently somebody dr like drove into the trash bins. And that would be Adam's Aunt Patty. Along with his cousins, Jenny and Nick. Jenny and Mitch, damn it! <laughs> Why am I on the Nick train? I don't know. Because I just covered <laughs> Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. I mean, if I were, I mean, I was 10 going on 11 when I saw Honey, I Blew Up the Kid in the theater. But if I was maybe a couple years older, I mean, teenage me inside thought Nick was a cutie pie. I mean, the glasses just... Oh, Gorgeous, gorgeous boy. I really couldn't see him and Mandy continuing dating later on. I know eventually she'd probably leave him for a football player or something to that effect. It always seems like whenever teen couple, like teenagers get together and go through an experience in a movie, like that makes their bond stronger. So like, oh, they'll be together forever. They're going to get married. And it never always works out that way. Look at Kevin and Winnie from The Wonder Years. They broke up, they got together, they broke up, they got together, and eventually they didn't end up marrying each other. So, yeah. But let's meet Patty and her kids, Jenny and Mitch. Apparently, the kids all go to the same school. They still, they all live in the same area. Um, one thing that is going to come back is when Patty gets out of her station wagon, she has a block of wood that she has to place behind the front tire on the driver's side seat a pair uh, driver's side behind the tire because the parking brakes fucked up you're not on an incline you're not gonna well whatever i i think they need to get their car replaced big time and get it fixed but that's a story for another time she hit a couple of metal trash cans luckily they had nothing in them and she, Patty, is worried. She's like, 
Diane, I'm worried. If we go away and something happens to the kids. And Diane's like, do not start this with me, Patty. We both need this vacation, especially you, because you are more neurotic than ever. Patty's all like, they're not old enough to stay by themselves. And what if Mitch gets sick? Guys, he's got a potassium deficiency that he's got to take a pill for like once a day or something. Apparently, is potassium deficiency, is that a thing? I don't know. Why don't you just keep feeding him a shit ton of bananas and uh, maybe he won't have to take the vote. I don't know. I don't even know if this is an actual thing. Maybe I shouldn't be, you know, joking about it, but for the sake of the movie, it's like, oh, oh boy. It's, this potassium thing is going to come back multiple times. Right, Diane's like, it's not that the kids are going to be left home alone. I mean, for fuck's sake, our husbands are going to be there. Damn, lady. <laughs> Don't you trust your husband to be able to take care of your kids? I mean, Mitch isn't an invalid. He can, like, the potassium deficiency doesn't slow him down or anything. He just sometimes he needs to get some extra potassium in him. Or he gets really weak and dizzy. Why didn't they just say this kid had juvenile diabetes? I think that would be a great way to support the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation. By giving this kid juvenile diabetes... Instead of a potassium deficiency issue that may or may not actually be a real thing. At least this way, we can take some of the money from the movie and give it to the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation. And the reason that Diane is going on this spa weekend, because she's lost her perspective on her marriage, whatever the fuck that means. So I guess she has no faith in her husband. She has no desire for him anymore. And she needs to get her mojo, her sex mojo back or something. I don't know. Like, I don't feel connected to my husband. And in order to feel connected to my husband again, I have to do this girl's weekend. He is really getting up to here with this Tiki Man bullshit. Yeah, Diane's kind of like, hey, the kids are old enough. They're like little, well-behaved adults. And you see the kids are all like yelling at each other. Like, yeah, stop kicking my seat. So just like any 10-year-old boys that try to gross each other out with who's got the best disgusting food coming out of your body story. Adam says, one time we were at this Chinese restaurant and I laughed so hard. No, I sneezed so hard. That six grains of rice, like, shot out my nose. It's like, ew. Mitch, of course, doesn't have his own gross-out story, so he'll use his sister Jenny as a, uh, topic. Oh, Mitch is like, well, I've only done liquids, but Jenny here, she did a whole piece of spaghetti once. Apparently, it's all about what comes out of your nose. Mitch is like, I've only done liquids, but Jenny here had a piece of spaghetti. It was like down to hair out in her nose. And Jenny's probably like, I didn't give you authorization to tell that story. Thank you. So Jenny turns around and is like, hey, at least I'm not sick 24 hours a day. And Mitch is like, well, I can't help it if I have a potassium deficiency. Jenny's like, yeah, but how do you explain your IQ deficiency? And right away, Mitch starts kicking the back of her seat. And then Adam joins in. And Jenny's like, Mom! Kids being kids. Like, oh my god, I better get them to school before they kill each other. Oh, 
so apparently the car's been, her car, Patty's car's been making funny noises, and she didn't want to take any chances, so that's why she's got the block behind the wheel. I mean, it's good to be cautious, but sometimes you can be a little too cautious, like in Patty's case, but then again, like I said, this will come back. So now we're going to go to Selinsky Labs, where Wayne is giving a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation that is clicking the um, PowerPoint presentation a little faster with uh, the pictures and the dialogue, and Wayne's got his note cards. He's like, at Selinsky Labs, the future is now! And then we see some guy doing some... And, of course, the audience, the people that he's there to impress or whatever the hell he's doing, is like, uh, this sucks. Why are we here again? Uh, okay, bye. This is like, it feels like a throwback to the first movie when he was trying to explain his shrinking machine and he didn't have any bit of anything to show them except for numbers and drawings on a whiteboard. Luckily, Gordon gets up there, Wayne's brother, and is like, oh, what a speech, what a speech. Oh, I bet you guys are heroes for the, for the food. And it's going to be downstairs. So, and you just see this man and woman just kind of like, oh, there's food. They're serving us. They're providing us with food. Hope it's better than the shitty speech we just had to listen to. So clearly you can tell Wayne is not about being president. He's not into that. He wants to invent. And Gordon's not about inventing. He wants to, you know, deal with people and numbers and all this shit. That's going to come back in the end, too. So we kind of see some of Wayne's, or not Wayne's, Gordon's inventions, or just some of the thing prototypes that are being built. One is a voice box hooked up to a dog named Trouser. As he's, Wayne's like, hey, Trouser, how's it going? And the dog's like, ruff, ruff, and it's his little voice box says, hello, hello. And it's like, apparently that's what woof, woof means. Like, great. Don't they have an app for something like that? Where you can make your dog or cat talk. You, like, put their picture on it, and you, like, uh, I don't know, I've never used the app myself, but it's something to that regard where you can, like, make it say funny things. I think Jeremy did that once with Quinn, where, um, the power went out at, like, 2 a.m., and it was just, like, ugh. Apparently, the other bark says, feed me, feed me, in a robotic voice. So, one project that Gordon's working on is, uh, Green Lantern, which is supposed to help roadside construction crews that are working in the dark and stuff on the roads to, for, you know, passers-by and cars to see them so they don't get hit. And it's it's something that's supposed to be safe that you can drink and it's absorbed into your bloodstream, but for whatever reason, it just stays right in the gut. Because Gordon's like, here, open your, uh, your shirt because Wayne's like, I don't feel anything. I don't, I'm not turning green. It's like, no, open your shirt. And we just see their stomachs are illuminated. So Wayne, of course, says, hey, just absorb it into the bloodstream via, via the calcium channel, which apparently is not a thing. Or if it is, it has nothing to do with the bloodstream. It's like, just drink milk. Okay. And Gordon's like, yeah, I was going to have the construction crew people wear tube tops. Oh, I don't think so. And it's funny because the guys are lifting up their shirt, the lower half of their shirts with their bellies exposed. And this lady comes in like, oh, I didn't realize you were working. Yeah. Oh, Rick Moranis, I've got some bit of hair. <laughs> it's quite attractive on him. 
So it turns out there's two VIP passes that are up for grabs if Gordon and Wayne want them for the space space shuttle touchdown at Edwards Air Force Base. And they're like, oh, hell yeah, we'll do that. I don't think my wife's got anything going on. See, this is why she has to get away from her husband because he doesn't fucking listen to her. Like, hey, we're going to take off because, well, we just got some VIP passes to go see the space shuttle touchdown. And she's like, hell no, Wayne, I told you for two months every single day about this retreat. And I need this vacation or I will divorce you. And you can keep our son because I don't want him. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, ah, shit. That actually gets picked up on the answering machine, them saying they're going to go to the space. I'm not saying that again because it's a tongue twister. I can't say it. Um, but Diane gets in there with, uh, like, no, 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 you can't just take off. Someone's got to watch the kids. We're leaving tomorrow. Remember how it seems like in the 90s everyone was so taken with rollerblading? Yeah, because we do see that prominently between Mitch and Adam. They're all about the rollerblades. Of course, this is always a trick that's used that's kind of embarrassing and kind of funny, where Diane and Patty are all, like, getting ready to leave, and <laughs> Diane wants to let Adam know that he's, she did laundry, and of course there's like someone running a leaf blower or something. She's like, Adam, I just wanted you to know I did the laundry, so you got plenty of clean underpants. And of course there's some kids that are in the street playing roller hockey, and they're just laughing their asses off, like, ah, tiny whiteies. <laughs> and Adam's just like, oh my god, my parents will not stop embarrassing me. I love beforehand that uh, Diane's speech about... All right, this is it. Two days without mommies. It will be tough. It will be hard. But I have every certainty that you'll make it. So she leaves them with a list of rules. Don't raid the refrigerator between meals. Don't forget to take your vitamins after meals. Oh, after dinner. Three, no rollerblading in the house since Mitch has got his helmet on. Rollerblades. Got some for Adam. Four, get rid of the Tiki Man. And she, of course, looks right at Wayne, who looks over here like, oh, yeah, that was directed at me. So Diane's like, any other questions? And Jenny's like, oh, yeah, can I have some friends over? And, of course, Patty's like, no. And it's like, first of all, girl, this is not your house. You don't invite friends over when it's not your house. Because Patty immediately, as soon as that is out of Jenny's mouth, Patty's like, uh, hell no, you're not inviting friends over. And Jenny's like, oh, what? You don't trust me, Mom? It's like, hell no, I don't trust your ass. And, of course, she's going to continue to complain until her father, like, puts a hand to her mouth, like, can you, like, stop? Thank you. When Jenny's like, what, Mom, you don't trust me? And, of course, Patty's like, save it for the debating team, Jenny. The answer is still no. It's like... Who does that? You're staying at someone's house and you think it's cool? Like, hey, I'll invite my friends over? Like, you're a guest in someone's house. You don't invite friends over. You do that at your own house on your own time. All right, I'm just going to flat out say this. I am worried for Wayne and Diane's marriage and relationship because she says goodbye. She kisses Adam. And, of course, she goes over to Wayne and he's like, hey, relax. Try to have some fun. She's like, yeah, fun. Relax. Got it. And 
he pulls her in for a hug, and you'd think they were going to kiss, but it's like, nope. <laughs> okay? <laughs> well, maybe their time being shrunk will help them reevaluate their marriage and hope that they still want to stay married at the end of the movie. <laughs> Damn. I mean, you're going to wait for a couple days. You don't want to give your husband a kiss goodbye? Wayne, you don't want to kiss your wife goodbye? You're not going to be seeing her for a couple days. Damn, I guess things are worse, more worse off than I thought. I noticed that in the third movie, because this is like, what the, came out in 92. This is eight years later. Is it? Anyway, his hair in this movie looks more kind of unkempt versus the, the first two. But anyway, it's whatever. At least Gordon and Patty are having outward affection towards each other. They kiss each other twice. And she's like, honey, are you sure you're going to be okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. Wayne, Diane, you need to take notes on their relationship. So Patty kisses her kids goodbye, and she's giving all these additional rules to Mitch, saying, oh, don't eat too much sugar. It speeds up your metabolism. Wear pads if you're going to rollerblade. Um, also, put a t-shirt on underneath your pajamas. Okay, that one I don't understand. Does he sweat a lot or something when he's sleeping? I don't know. Even Mitch has had enough of Patty's over-mothering or smothering. When <laughs> he's like, God, why don't you just put me in a plastic bubble? Damn. I love the look that Adam's like, damn. <laughs> And of course, Patty said, gosh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. And then that's when Diane's like, oh, Adam, I got you. I did your laundry. You got plenty of clean underpants. Ugh. Who the hell at 8 a.m. is out on their front lawn using a leaf blower or whatever the hell that damn noisy thing is? People still sleep in at 8 a.m. in, in in 1996 and 97, am I right? This is clearly a Saturday because the kids are just going to hang out. They don't get school. That was yesterday. Oh, yeah, definitely Diane embarrassing Adam as Mitch and Jenny laugh as they go inside. And, of course, there's, like, four kids out in the street playing roller hockey. You're like, oh, I bet they have lace on them, tidy whities And Diane's like, what did I say? Like, <laughs> What do you think you said? You just embarrassed your 10-year-old son by saying he's got clean underpants. In front of kids he probably goes to school with. Oh, he's never going to live that down. So Jenny and Mitch put their stuff down, and she's like, now what? Wayne comes in and says, you all are guests in my house this weekend. I want us to have a good time. If I were Adam, I'm like, I'm a guest now? I thought I lived here. <laughs> I've been reduced to a guest? Oh, that's great. So, they're going to make, like, water molecules with toothpicks and, um, big old marshmallows. That sounds boring as hell. <laughs> but this is just a thing to get the kids out of the house. Like, oh, you know what? I forgot to pick up toothpicks and marshmallows. How much do they cost? Can you kids run the store for me? He just wants to get them out of the house because he's got to shrink that Tiki Man statue down to uh, pocket size. I love how Adam's keeping the 90s flannel theme alive with uh, his, uh, like, tan and brown flannel actually matches his strawberry blonde hair. 
Oh, he does have the marshmallows and gumdrops to make water molecules, but he does not have the toothpicks that are required to put them all together. I love how Gordon's like, what's he eating cereal or something? They're both hanging out in the doorway, and he's just like, yeah, Wayne, you're awesome, man. I'm just hanging out with my bro. Yeah, when he says uh, marshmallows and gumdrops to make water molecules, just a look on Adam's face like, oh, fuck. I wanted to play video games and baseball and rollerblade. Ugh, my dad is such a brain box. He calls his dad a brain box, which, what is that? Just That's kind of like calling him a big brain doofus or something. He's like, hey, can you guys run to the mini mart for me? How much do toothpicks cost anyway? And Jenny's like, oh, I don't know, six or seven dollars a box, and Wayne hands her a ten. Yeah, they are not getting toothpicks. And I'm pretty damn sure they don't cost six or seven dollars a box unless you're getting like 15,000 of them that'll last forever. Wayne's so generous. He's like, hey, if there's any money left over, get yourself some snacks. Yeah, they're going to spend like a dollar on toothpicks and nine dollars on chips and candy and pop and whatever else they can get a hold of. So Wayne says, hey, come back in like an hour. We'll do some molecule action. And... Upon for closer inspection of what Gordon is eating out of that bowl, I'm going to say it's either yogurt or cottage cheese because it is not cereal. So Wayne tells Gordon it's just a ruse to get the kids out of the house because I want to save Tiki Man. And of course I got to lift this huge ass, probably weighs as much as an orca whale up the stairs to the attic. And they're going to unveil the shrink ray, which definitely looks like it's gone, undergone some new specifications and add-ons. So this is what he spent his MacArthur Grant genius money, or genius, MacArthur genius grant money, or whatever the hell it is, on this tiki thing. And Diane's like, hell no, I don't want that thing in my house could have come up with something better than that thing to use your money. I mean, I don't know how much it got for that grant. What was it originally supposed to be used for? I don't know. So they take it into the attic, which if they think they're trying to fool us into thinking this is the same damn house from the first movie, which it surely is not, and that the attic is the same attic from the first movie, it surely is not. Old beams. Yeah, no, no, no. So the shrink machine definitely looks like um, its metal pieces have been replaced by polished chrome pieces. It just de definitely looks a lot, well, not a lot different, but it does look like it's undergone some changes, physical changes. So Gordon's like, you can't start this up again. Apparently Wayne was banned by the FDA and his wife from ever using this machine again. And Wayne's like, hey, do you see the FDA here? Do you see my wife anywhere? No. I'm doing this. I'm shrieking the Tiki Man. So now we get to Patty and Diane in the cars. They're driving to their health spa relaxation resort. And Diane's talking about, hey, do you think that um, this weekend will help restore a seven-year waxy relationship buildup? Seven years? So they hit a rough patch when Adam was three? <laughs> what the hell? So Patty's like, well, you're on the road to recovery now. Oh, and I 
brought a special friend, Dr. She refers to Neil Diamond as Dr. Love or Dr. Brother Love or whatever the hell. And it's a cassette tape because it's like the 96-97. I don't know how many cars would have been outfitted with CD players at this point. Maybe a few. Maybe. I mean, I know when I got my car in... um. Nine or two thousand, yeah, two thousand. It had a tape player in it. My dad actually at one point had a truck. I think it was sometime in the nineties that had an eight track. And the reason I found this out is because I tried to put a cassette tape in it, and it like swallowed it whole. I'm like, this doesn't work because the size of the eight, the opening was a like the size of two cassette tapes. But apparently Patty and Diane are both lovers of the Neil Diamond, of Neil Diamond, who I can't blame them. I like some Neil Diamond myself, Sweet Caroline, um, some of his other songs. Hot August Nights Cassette. Okay, let's see if we can find that album. Well, Patty and Diane are getting hot and bothered over Neil Diamond's Hot August Nights. Um... <laughs> Petty realizes she's forgotten Mitch's medicine, so they gotta go back and drop it off. It's like, uh, well, I suppose we want your child to live, so they go back there. We cut to the attic with Wayne and Gordon. So they shrink the Tiki Man. They're looking for him with their magnifying glasses. They finally found it. Of course, Gordon's a little worried. Like, what if the machine starts up again. Wayne's like, no, don't worry. Someone's got to press the button and there's no one here but us. Turns out, I don't know how the hell this happens, but there's a croquet ball that ends up landing on the machine and hitting the button and it shrinks them. So, Yep, the machine shrinks them. Which is gonna suck for Wayne, cause hell, Diane and Penny ain't gonna know how to run the damn machine. Granted, they get shrunk along with them, we find out. So yeah, Penny and Diane come in, they're like, hey, where'd everyone go? And Penny goes and puts Mitch's medicine by the cereal boxes on the kitchen island. And Diane's like, oh, sounds like the boys are upstairs. Let's go see what they do while we, while we're gone. And it's like, I thought you wanted to get to your damn trip. <laughs> so Gordon's having it out with Wayne. Like, you idiot, you shrunk us. And of course he's like wanting to bash Wayne's head into the Tiki Man's face. Um, and it's like, oh no, our wives can step on us. And then the wives get shrunk. And it's like, the hell? And I'm sure Diane's pissed off. It's like, you're not supposed to use this dang shrink machine. What are you doing? Wait a minute. I thought it was supposed to be shipped. So he took it out of all those wooden boxes or crates just to make... Stupid. So another croquet ball falls and hits that big red button and causes Diane and Patty to be shrunk. Which is gonna suck because now they're at the mercy of the kids. <laughs> Okay, looks like we're going to have two faint scenes in this movie. When Wayne tells Diane that they're shrunk, like, yes we are, I'm not going to lie to you, she faints. Marcia Strassman did it so much better in both movies. I understand why she wouldn't want to come back, because no one else wanted to. I mean, it makes sense that Amy and Robert, who played Amy and Nick... 
they're grown up and out of the damn house. The only sense would make that Adam would still be there because by this time he's only 10 years old. He's not going to be moving out and going to college. And I don't think they would have tried to get back the twins who played Adam in the second movie because I'm... this. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid was the only, I think, the only thing they ever did, acting-wise. I'm just going to go on record here and say, this Diane is a bitch! The Diane in the first two movies was... Sure, they had their disagreements or whatever, but she wasn't shrieking in his face, laughing, going, oh, you thought you'd get rid of the Tinky Man and thought I wouldn't notice. Well, guess what? I noticed! It's like, the hell? Calm the fuck down, lady. It's not like he's been hiding porn on his computer for years and you just now found out about it. That would be worse. A stupid tiki statue is trying to shrink that down so you don't miss it is not worse. So, of course, they all start arguing. Dan's like, I'm smaller than a raisin! And, of course, Gordon's trying to, as Patty puts it, use his interpersonal skills to smooth things over. He's like, Diane, calm down. He's like, bitch, you need to calm down. And Patty's like, well, he dragged us all into this situation. Like, well, he probably did. Gordon's like, hey, can we argue about this shit somewhere else? We need to get out of here. And Wayne's like, yeah, we gotta get away from the shoes and the cockroaches. What shoes? Your kids are gonna come traipsing up in your attic? The cockroaches, I'm sure. But the only shoes you're gonna have to worry about is your kids' shoes. Or the shoes on... I mean, a shoe's gotta be on a foot of a human being and they gotta be walking around for it to be a danger to you. Unless a cockroach is gonna show up wearing... a bunch of shoes on their feet, which I doubt. And Diane's freaking out because she's afraid of insects. Like, what? There are cockroaches? And he's like, yeah, Diane, this is an attic. What the hell do you expect? Of course there's gonna probably mice up here too. So it's like, hey, let's use that wicker chair that we can get to the window. And Wayne's like, hey, are you gonna stay mad at me this whole time? You're gonna make the best of a bad situation. She's like, I'm gonna stay mad the whole time. God, they both look like they hate each other. I don't know. Maybe Rick Moranis and the Eve Gordon didn't get along. I don't know what the situation is, but they look like they really hate each other. Maybe this shrunken adventure will bring them back together. Maybe. It's been quite a while since I've seen this movie. So once the four Solinsky adults reach the window, they're like, We're saved! The kids! They'll see the car! And they'll know that we're here. Well, remember how I said that block against the back or against the front driver's side wheel was there for a reason because of the parking brake? Yep. Apparently forgot to say. Well, because Diane was the one who was driving the car, so of course she wouldn't have known to set the uh, block behind it. And the parking brake gives way, and the car rolls back into someone else's driveway across the street. Uh, interesting. That's great. It's like, shit. Well, guess we're going to have to give the kids' attention another way, and it's going to be a hell of a lot harder because they're shrunk. And Patty's like, oh, I knew I heard a noise. And Wayne's just like, yeah, you need to have the brakes checked. And of course, do you want to know where the car lands up across the street? To this ginormous fucking house that's got a for sale sign. Clearly no one's there. And of course, here come Jenny, Mitch, and Adam paying no attention. Like, oh, that looks like our car. What's it doing in the other driveway? Eh, whatever. 
So the kids come back. Each one's holding a grocery bag. They're all on rollerblades. Don't worry. They're all wearing helmets, elbow, and knee pads. They're being safe. <laughs> and... Mitch is like, hey, do you think that your dad would let us roast those molecules when we're done with them? And Adam's like, wow, Mitch, that is so lame. Like, hey, I'm just trying to work with what we got. And Jenny's like, yeah, what we got is a weekend in Dolesville. Oh, did I mention they're all holding Slurpees? 7-Eleven, people. I remember last year when season three of Stranger Things came out, and of course... That made the Slurpee, the Cherry Slurpee, or the Strawberry Slurpee very popular because of, um... Alexi! Yes! R.I.P. Alexi! Um, he made the Slurpee popular again. And, um, when Jeremy and I were going down to Texas last summer, of course we had to stop at a 7-Eleven because there are none here in Michigan, um, that I know of, or, or anywhere in the vicinity of where I live. So, I'm like, hey, I need to get a Slurpee. I want to honor Alexi's memory. And, of course, I had a Slurpee, a cherry or some other whatever. So, yeah. I had my sugary drink. Looks like, um, if you go on IMDb, they have, like, the first episode title for season four. And it's called The Hellfire Club. And it looks like, of course, I'm not surprised that, of course, it's going to be, like, 2021 or 2022, once we finally get Stranger Things Season 4. I know that, I know guys, I'm taking a Stranger Things break for a second in the middle of this movie. <laughs> and, um, I think there's only going to be two seasons left, like Season 4, like th Season 4 either might be the last one or definitely Season 5, but I don't think they're going any farther than that because the kids already look like they're all almost six feet tall. I mean, with, uh, Caleb, who plays Lucas, and, um, Finn, who plays Mike, they literally look like they're six, six feet tall, and they're, like, 17, 18 years old. It's like, these kids on the show are gonna be going into high school. When we see them, I think, I think they're gonna, like, jump from 85 to 87, which is probably just as well, so we can kind of age up the kids, like, they're, in, like, Maybe they'll be, like, sophomores or juniors in high school. I don't know. But, yeah. All right, back from the movie. So, Jenny and the kids come in, and they're like, Dad, Uncle Wayne, you here? Nobody's here. And they throw down the bag, the grocery bags, which just got, like, a bunch of junk food. We'll learn what junk food they bought in a minute once they head to the kitchen. It's like, I guess nobody's here. And, of course, Jenny takes over the mom role. Be like, hey, 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 no rollerblading in the house. Meanwhile... This is Adam's house. He's like, hey, you're not my mother. And she's like, yeah, that's right, because if I was, you'd be up for adoption. <laughs> and she's like, take off your rollerblades. And, of course, as soon as she says rollerblades, Mitch falls to the floor. See? That's what I told you. Take the damn rollerblades off. You fell on your fucking face. You're lucky you're wearing a helmet. Yay, we get more product placement. Oh, by the way, those tricks and Honey Nut Cheerios spoil beyond belief, because the... Tops of them have not, the flaps have not been closed. I'm sure that cereal in the bag has not been, like, rolled up so it, like, stays fresh. They're all just in such a hurry to get out of the house that morning. I see a bag of Ruffles, two bags of Doritos, uh, Tostitos chips. I'm sure there's going to be chip dip in there. 
Jenny's like, hey, I gotta use the phone, and that's where they hear about Gordon and Wayne when they were calling the house to let them know, hey, we're gonna go check out the space shuttle touchdown before Diane picked up the phone that was on the answering machine. So, of course, the kids are like, wait a minute, I thought they were supposed to be watching us. Why would they just up and leave and not let, let us know? And, of course, it's fine with Jenny, because like, sweet, I'm having a party! Woo! No adults here! Woo! We're gonna have fun! Yeah, the kids are going to take over the house. It's going to be a freaking disaster. Adam goes over to the corporate and say, Hey, $40 for pizza, sweet. So the kids are like, All right, they must be gone then if they left us 40 bucks for pizza. What do we do now? We cut upstairs to the adults. And, of course, Gordon's like, Oh, you know, I bet the kids are going to be, once they notice we're not there, they are going to be so worried. You don't know your kids, do you? 10 to 12 year old kids, if they think, oh, mom and dad are out of the house, we are gonna have a fun time, or they're gonna start killing each other because it doesn't take very long for kids to get into an argument about something. Right, Lund? That's right. Bless you. My little bun bun's got the sniff sniffs. So, of course, we cut to the kids, and they are like pulling out. All the chips, Ruffles, Doritos, Tostitos. They're just, yeah, we're like throwing them all over. The bags of chips in the air, like, party, party. And Diana, of course, like, yeah, I bet their first thought is going to be, gee, I bet our parents are shrunk. Well, your family does have a history with shrinking and enlarging things, so. Wayne, of course, is like, yeah, I mean... There's no reason for them to come up here, so we gotta get to the kids. So it turns out they gotta go out the window below to the window to Adam's room. And, of course, I don't see, I don't think fishermen. When I think Wayne Solinsky, I don't see a fisherman. But apparently there just happens to be a fishing reel with line and one of those little fuzzy bobber things. They decide to use to get to Adam's room. I love how the Jenny's like, I'm going to invite all my friends over. And Adam's like, I'm going to eat anything I want. Mitch is like, I'm not going to take my vitamins. And Jenny's like, I'm going to play my music really loud. Adam's like, I'm not going to wear any socks. And Mitch is like, they're all making like root beer floats while they're talking about that. So Mitch is like, I'm going to bleach my hair. And I'm like, okay, Eminem. This is, like, what, 1997, so... <laughs> I'm sure... Didn't Eminem... Ha I swear he had an album come out, like, late 90s. Right around this time. I think he did. Let me check out Spotify here. Let's see. Eminem. E-M-E-N. Here we go. <clears throat> Look at his albums here. Let's see. I mean, I'd heard of Eminem, like, in, like, 98, 99, 2000, somewhere around there. He's got a lot of albums. 96, Infinite, 98, Don't Give a Foot, uh, Mosh, 2004, Just Lose It, 2004, When I'm Gone, my, are these all of, I don't, what are, these are the, okay, I'm thinking, okay, okay, here we go. We got, the Marshall Matters LP. We got Slim Shady, 1999. What's on this? My name is... Um, I'm trying to remember stuff that I've uh, listened to. 
heard of his song. I'm shady. <laughs> I also see product placement for Baskin Robbins and Barf's root beer. That's clearly where they're getting the root beer floats from. So Jenny's like, okay, look, we can do whatever we want, but we got to make a pact this weekend that we don't tell our parents that they don't find out about what we do. So apparently... Wayne and the fam there live on Echo Lane. They don't live on Sycamore. But I'm guessing that Ricky King lives on... We'll get to that part. We'll get to Ricky King. Ugh. <laughs> so she's just... um She's inviting her friends over to hang out since the parents aren't home. And they got the house to themselves. So when Jenny says her parents are out for the whole weekend, I'm going to throw a party. The girl on the other line, she... Shrieks like, oh my god, a party, what am I gonna wear? Like, man, girl, calm your shit. So yeah, basically they want to try to get the kids' attention. And Patty's like, well, how can we do that? Because they don't even listen to us when we're full size. So Gordon's like, how about this? Does Adam have a, a bullhorn or a karaoke machine? And Diane is just like, no. <laughs> like, why would my kid be into that shit? Why would any kid have a bullhorn? Karaoke machine, maybe. That sounds more like a Jenny thing, not an Adam thing. So Wayne is the one that comes up with the idea of trying to get the kids' attention through the stereo speaker, like rewire the circuits and all that shit. It'll amplify our voices. Of course, that just leaves the problem. They gotta get downstairs to the stereo. And apparently... Adam likes to play with Hot Wheels, which isn't surprising. He's 10 years old. And he's got, like, a really cool ramp set up and all that stuff. So they decide to get in the car. And, you know, safety. Old Patty likes to be safe. So she's got these little rubber band, like, thingies that she makes everyone wear for safety. You know, in case they fly out of the car and get hurt, they'll have those rubber bands on their body to protect, like, 50% of their, you know, basically from their neck down to their crotch area, so. Their legs, on the other hand, well, those will probably be ripped off their body. Who, who knows? Who knows? I'm just guessing here if something bad were to happen. Yeah, you leave a couple kids together, they're gonna make a mess within minutes, and that's exactly what Adam and Mitch are gonna do. They got a balloon, and they got, like, this food processor thing, and they're putting, basically they're putting chili into this balloon. They're wasting four cans of chili, and then they're putting the balloon full of chili in the microwave. That's gonna be a fucking mess. Apparently they made more than one balloon, because he's like, this one's full, this one's full. And, of course, Jenny's still on the horn getting all her friends, like, hey, be ready to dance. Come around six, seven, yeah. So she says that Jody, Corky, and Holly are coming over to hang out and party, and they'll. It's basically going to be a sleepover, too, so. Great. So Mitch is all like, Jenny, you're having a sleepover after mom told you no friends? And Jenny's like, hey, we made a pact that no one's gonna talk about this weekend. What, stay, what happens in this house is going to stay in this house, basically. So she takes the 40 bucks that are meant for pizza, and she's going to go do some shopping, probably get some more food and other shit that the kids like to eat. Meanwhile, Mitch and Adam, they got to deal with their chili balloon that's in the microwave, and I'm sure that microwave is a fucking mess. 
Plus, I bet anything that chili is going to have like a balloon latex rubber aftertaste. So we hear Adam singing that Cam song, Great Big Globs of Greasy Grimy Grofer Feet or whatever the fuck. And they're all like, Adam, Adam, Adam. He is going to get his dirty laundry. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not getting his laundry. He's getting his uh, volcano. That's right. The volcano with the chili and all that shit. And they're all like, oh, we already learned that this disgusting song. And, <laughs> yeah. Gordon's like, yeah, just last week, Mitch was singing. Oh, yeah. Well, where do kids pick these up? Uh-huh. So, turns out that little race car on the loop-de-loop takes them into the laundry chute. Which then they land in the basket of Adam's clothes. So, the boys are, they got the lot deep. <laughs> They got the volcano, this plastic volcano, and they've made out of, they're using the toothpicks with cut up hot dogs that they made into little people with heads and bodies and, you know, appendages and limbs and whatnot. And Adam's like, the hot dog people have a question. Why are they sitting at the base of a volcano? And Mitch is like, just tell them it's for flavor. And Adam's like, yeah, it's for flavor. <laughs> oh, the hot dog lady has a little baby. <laughs> this is so cute. <laughs> so Adam pops the chili balloon that's inside the volcano with a pronged fork uh, thing that you'd like pull out a roast beef out of a pot or something. This thing is like farting chili beans. They go... <laughs> It's just coming out of the volcano, covering the hot dog people. You know, if you really wanted to, you could have made chili with beans and cut up hot dogs and not made it. But they're 10-year-old boys. They want to make it exciting. What's more exciting than building hot dog people with toothpicks and a chili balloon in a makeshift volcano? I don't know. That's right, they did use four cans of chili. <laughs> it just keeps like, br- putting br- more and more chili is popping out of the top of this volcano and covering the entire kitchen island. <laughs> and I love how they're like, ooh, they start eating the hot dog people. Like, ooh, lavalicious. <laughs> so, of course, on the wall, there's a digital readout that lets Adam know that he has to get his laundry and he's like even when she's not here my mom is still on my ass about stuff so he goes to grab the laundry and he goes over to Mitch and he's like hey wouldn't it be cool if her parents like never came back and then you cut to the parents in the laundry basket like what come on they're not actually serious they're kids. What kid hasn't thought that? Like, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if, like, we had the house to ourselves, like, forever? And Mitch is like, do you think it could happen? And Adam's like, no, no, I'm just, this is just a what-if scenario. So Mitch is like, yeah, I mean, I like it when they take me places. And I wish, her, you know, our moms are here to clean up the mess in the kitchen. And we see Patty, like, what am I, your servant? And I was like, yeah, it seems like, Parents just live to nag and hassle you. Yeah, this is the conversation that kids have when parents aren't around or aren't in the room. What kid hasn't had this conversation with a friend? 
So Adam's like, yeah, my parents just want me to t- want to turn me into a brain box like my dad. And Wayne's like, brain box? And Diane's like, it's a compliment. And he's like, oh. Like, no, nah, that was not a compliment. Not in the slightest. So uh, the kids are walking up so slowly up these stairs having this conversation. And Mitch is like, you know, I bet my parents would be happy if I didn't have a medical problem. And Adam's like, what's wrong with you anyway? And I was like, you don't seem that sick. What do you have? Hypoclysemic paralysis. What in the hell is... i got to look that up and see if that's a thing. All right, so I looked it up. Hypoclysemic paralysis. This is paralysis. Sorry. Also known as... I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. A rare autosomal... Dominant channelopathy characterized by muscle weakness or paralysis when there is a fall in potassium levels in the blood. Not in all cases. Many levels stay the same and should not be used as a guideline for diagnosis of an episode. Individuals with this mutation attacks sometimes begin in adolescence, so probably right around, you know, Mitch's age. And most commonly occur with individual triggers such as rest after strenuous exercise, high carbohydrate meals, meals with high sodium content, sudden changes in temperature, and even excitement, noise, flashing lights, cold temperatures, and stress. Weakness may be mild and limited to certain muscle groups, or more severe, full body paralysis. During an attack, reflexes may be decreased or absent. Attacks may last for a few hours or persistent or persist for several days. Recovery is usually sudden when it occurs due to release of potassium from swollen muscles as they recover. Some patients may fall into an abortive attack or develop chronic muscle weakness later in life. So, okay, this actually is a thing. I thought it was for the movie, but the internet... Yeah. All right. Now I know the truth the truth of what the internet wants to tell me so all right so mitch just sums it sums it up like oh it's a genetic thing you wouldn't understand so genetic huh um do either of your parents grandparents cousins aunts uncles have this supposed illness because if it's genetic wouldn't it come from one of the parents unless it's being passed down from like a grandparent i don't know mitch of course like any kid who's probably has to take medicine they probably don't understand how important it is. He's like, hey, I haven't, it's not a big deal. I haven't even taken my medication and I feel fine. And we cut to Patty who's like, what, he didn't see the pills? Yeah, I thought the kids were in the kitchen. That's where she left the pills next to the cereal boxes. So where the hell are the pills? In another room? Do they have a second kitchen in that house? If they put that volcano on that kitchen island, they'd have to move everything off of it, including the pills. It's just like, I feel fine. I probably don't even need it anymore. It's like, yeah, you probably feel fine now, but he'll find out much later that uh, there's a reason you're supposed to be taking that shit. So in Adam's room, he drops his laundry basket and all the adults tumble out of it. Like, oh my gosh, I have a headache. Oh my gosh, I'm nauseous from being spun around. And... (laughs) Adam is all like, hey, you want to see something super cool or super awesome? And, of course, the words the boys use make it sound like Adam's got a Playboy magazine. 
Because they're just like, huh? What? Not my boy. Not my ten-year-old son. They're even apologizing to Gordon and Patty. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, my kid's showing your kid uh, a nudie magazine. Because Adam's like, oh my gosh, if my dad knew I had this, he'd kick my ass. Adam's saying, like, oh, it's this is secret, okay? If my dad knew I had this, he would go ballistic. And you just see Wayne like, what are we talking about here? What am I not supposed to know? It's like, inside the private life of your kid, hearing things that are not supposed to be meant for your ears. And how bad can it be? Because he says my dad would go ballistic, not my parents would go ballistic. And the way these kids are like, oh my gosh, look at it. Oh my, look at this. Oh, this is so cool. And it's like, ow. Wayne goes over to Diane, and they're both like, did you know about this? And they turn to Gordon and Patty, like, well, we are so sorry. Jenny comes home. Of course, she sees the chilly hot dog volcano just covering the kitchen island. I do see the cereal boxes off to the side it's sharing the same space as the chilly volcano. And, of course, right by the cereal boxes, that's where the medication's going to be. So the fact that these kids were so into this volcano that they didn't even see his meds there. And she's like, gosh, you kids, you turned this place into a pigsty. I'm gone for two minutes. Clean this shit up. And I'm like, oh, we're sorting laundry. Like, bullshit. Get down here and clean this crap up. And, of course, Jenny's like, we got to get ready for the party. And Penny's like, wait, no, I told her she couldn't have a party. She couldn't. I said no friends. Uh-huh. What are you, and Gordon's like, what are you going to do about it, Thumbelina? Uh-huh. Yeah. So Mitch is like, oh, we got to get down there before Queen Hell Jenny gets really mad. Is this the only, if you'd even want to call this a swear word, I don't think we get anything else. So Mitch and Adam leave the room. Adam just throws the magazine on the floor like it's nothing. Like, eh, we'll look at this later. And Wayne jumps on top of it, and Diane's like, what are you doing? He's like, look, I kind of know what we're dealing with here. And he's like, oh, my gosh, it's worse than I thought. The camera pulls back to reveal, it's a fucking Sports Illustrated magazine. What? The way those kids were reacting was like they're looking at a lady in, um... Lacy panties and no bra, or a lady getting a given a blowjob or something like that. The fuck! It's a Sports Illustrated magazine. This is the harmless, harmless thing in the world. But apparently, Wayne, you need to you need to listen to your son, and Diane, you need to listen to your son because he's been saying baseball. I want all my friends, because he does have them, are going to baseball camp, and that's what I want to do. But they're like, no, you should go to that camp, that science camp you went to the last three years in a row. This is a science family, and unless you're a girl, I mean, you'd be going to a Shakespeare camp, so sorry. It's like, no, you need to listen to your son does not want this for his life. He does not want to be Mr. Science. It's actually Sports Illustrated for kids. And when he's like, I didn't see this coming. Well, maybe if you listen to your son more and talk less, then maybe you'd know that he wants to do the baseball thing. 
So yeah, this isn't even Sports Illustrated with the swimsuit edition issue. This is just safe, G-rated kids reading material. Probably filled with ads about Powerade and Gatorade and Red Bull and Monster and all those other energy drinks that 10-year-old kids probably shouldn't be consuming. I mean, Gatorade, no problem, and Powerade, but the Monster, uh, you know, the, the other stuff like that is probably a little too not for 10-year-old children. I'm going to go ahead and call this, this is a leap here, with the red and yellow clothes on the floor and just say that could be a callback to Honey, I Blew Up the Kid because Adam was wearing red and yellow. But that is so far-fetched that I may as well just discard that thought. So Jenny has two more bags of snacky snacks. The kids, of course, are cleaning up the chili. We see the tricks. We see the Honey Nut Cheerios cereal. We see the meds right fucking there. None of them three kids can see that. Jenny is within eyesight of it. But, of course, if they saw it, then we wouldn't have that part of the end of the movie. Another product placement with Lay's potato chips. The doorbell rings. The kids are like, oh, I love how Jenny was asking, like, whose fault is it? And they're like, it was his fault. No, it was his. No, it was yours. The doorbell rings. They rush to get it. She's like, uh, if you think you're done cleaning up in here, you are cray-cray. So they open the door, and Adam's like, who are you? And the girl just busts in the door, like, brushes past him, like, Holly rolling her eyes. with the She's also got a bag of... Snacky snacks. Typical teenage wear to wear a shirt with a word like whatever, whatever. Yeah. This is Adam's house! And we got this, like, ugh, get out of my way, 10-year-old kid. So yeah, she got the CDs, sour cream, and the bubble machine. Sounds like that's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, and, and Jenny's like, a bubble machine? She's like, yeah, it's the coolest thing. I mean... The bubbles will go great with the streamers. So, clearly, Holly's going to be a party planner down the road in her life. Interesting. That's that's great. Jenny's like, all right, you're the cheerleader. And now we see the girls. Is this like a little montage of the girls setting up for the party? Because they're moving the rug. They're rolling the rug up to get it out of the way. Gotta have a dance floor to get their dance on. So, this is a fun little montage. We got the girls rolling up the carpet in the living room. To have a dance floor. We got them upstairs on the landing there, setting up the bubble machine. We got the boys hanging up the streamers. Jenny's got the CDs for the CD for the stereo. Let's take a look at this buffet of food, this table that's been set out. So much sugar. There's peeps in a bowl, there's boxes of Mike and Ike's. Ruffles dip, marshmallows in a bowl. I think there's even a little mini cake. Diet Coke, which looks a lot different. Well, just the canister as far as the look of it looks a little different. 
Because it's, like, white with the red Diet Coke lettering, where now Diet Coke is just the can. It's, it's silver. Speaking of, oh, there's my pop. I found it. <laughs> like, where's my pop? It's right there. So the boys are having fun with the bubbles, and, of course, the rest of the girls arrive. So Jenny wants Mitch and Adam to be servers or hostess at the party and serve everybody ginger ale or <laughs> champagne whatever like and i was like hell no we're not doing that we ain't your slaves bitch i mean like if i were like uh last time i checked this was my house and i didn't say you could have a party so a couple girls show up one who has a fucking little doll with her like look at back to little clarissa and it's like, you brought a doll with you? How the fuck old are you, girl? And they're like, yeah, we're not into dolls. And Holly's like, yeah, we're into boys. Mila Kunis showing up in a blue backwards baseball cap. And I'm guessing that Adam knows this girl whose name is Jill because she also likes baseball and plays baseball. So, cool. Um, Okay. A second about this framed small picture on, like, uh, what is it? Sitting on, like, a piece of furniture there. There's a photo, and I'm like, it's of the family as far as Wayne, Diane, Adam, Mitch, Jenny, Gordon, and Patty. And guess what? You look at this photo, they're all wearing the same damn clothes that they're currently wearing right now in the movie. It's like they took the picture just before they started filming. What? So Mitch can't believe that a girl plays Little League. Like, what? She plays Little League? A girl? Ugh. And Adam's like, yeah, she's awesome. And then Adam pretty much decides for both him and Mitch that they want to be play hostess for uh, or serve what servants, whatever you want to call them, for the party. And Mitch is like, we will. Ugh. Now we're gonna go back to the adults. Diane's complaining about how she thought one at one time the house was too small. Now that they're shrunk, she can see it, like, from a different perspective. So Wayne is like, hey, look, I found a pen. Look at the grains of wood in the, grains of wood in this, uh, floor here. Tells her a story of the tree that was cut down to make this floor. I need to stop and appreciate things. I've been working too hard. He need he's talking about needing to look around and really appreciate what, you need to take a look at your son and, Realize that you two need to have a talk. You need to appreciate your son more. Forget the wood floor. Talk to your son. And you and your wife need to work on your marriage. When he says I gotta stop and notice things, Diane goes over like, oh, really? Like what? And he's like, yeah, like the weave in the carpet. It's like, the f <laughs> this guy, I swear this movie has dumbed down Wayne so damn much. His character. I get it. He's like a wacky in, uh, invent inventor and stuff like that. Like in the first and second movie. But it just seems he is just written to be a fucking dum-dum in this. Like, I don't get it. They really, I feel they destroyed, they definitely destroyed Diane's character from who we knew. Granted, it was played by a different actress, but the character is just 
written so damned horribly, and so is Wayne's character. I thought they were in Adam's room. Where in the hell are they? In the house? In the hallway? I they're not in the attic again. But apparently they come upon a couple roach turds, one of which is fresh. Then there's a roach there. And it's just like, ew. I say I'm more interested in the kids' story than I am with the adults, to be honest. They're acting cuckoo nuts nuts. Uh, they are able to lure the roach into a roach trap, and fortunately, Wayne, uh, Diane's foot gets caught in the goo, and Wayne has to come back in and pull her out, and then once they get out, you know, it was such a terrifying experience, now they're all going to laugh about how crazy it is, like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? Oh my gosh, a roach tried to eat us all, oh my gosh, Ugh. All right, let's get back down to the party as the girls are having a little girl chat. They're talking about Ricky King, who we'll unfortunately be meeting shortly. And Holly's saying how, yeah, I mean, he is cute, but he's also really conceited. <laughs> yeah. But Mila Kunis's character, Jill, is all like, oh, yeah, but he's still really cute. So now it seems like they're going to do a little truth and dare when they get Jenny to admit that, like, do you love Ricky King? And then, like, oh, call him up and tell him you love him. So, yeah, the girls are playing Truth or Dare. Holly asks Jenny, Truth, do you love Ricky King? And, of course, Jenny goes, Dare. And it's like, oh, my gosh, she chose Dare. So Holly's like, all right, your dare is you have to call up Ricky King and tell him you think he's cute. And they grab the phone and dial his number. So, this phone conversation, is like she immediately dials and he automatically picks up. And she's like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm just having a party with my friends at my uncle's house. Yeah, the one with the weirdo mailbox. Again with a mailbox! Hey, that's an awesome mailbox! Of course, she's like, uh, the reason I'm calling, um, I was just calling because I think you're cute! And she hangs up the phone and the girl's like, ah! <laughs> right, Quinny? <laughs> you silly kitty. Quinn's hanging out with me on my uh, laptop bag, just chilling. Right? That's right. <laughs> she was so meowy earlier, but all of a sudden she's like, quiet as a mouse. Yep. So... Adam comes in on his rollerblades with a round tray of champagne, but it's actually ginger ale and plastic um, plastic champagne-looking type cups. Whatever the hell those things are called, I don't know. Of course, I love how he's like he's playing the waiter. He's got like a little um, towel on his arm, and he presents it. And the girls are all just like, uh, and we see that all of the cups of ginger ale have spilled over onto, yeah, they've spilled, the ginger ale spilled all over the tray. And I, he's like got the tray right in front of Jill. And all the girls stop talking at once and look. And even Jill's like, what? 
the hell? What? What is this? <laughs> She's not impressed. And Adam, he is pulling such a nervous alfalfa from the little rascal. It's like, eh, we'll be right back. He's so nervous. So Adam's going to go back in the kitchen and reset up everything with the ginger ale and the cups and all that stuff. Mitch is like, hey, Adam, wait, wait, wait. I got to go upstairs for a second. And you see Mitch is clutching his stomach like he does not feel well. And, of course, he's trying to go up the stairs while still wearing rollerblades. Which, duh, that was, that's, no, 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 no. That is an accident waiting to happen. Granny's going up the stairs and not down them, but still. And, of course, we cut to the adults and Dan's like, oh, 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 watch out, here comes your son. And he just collapses on the carpeted stairs up on the landing. Poor kid. He's just, ugh. And Patty's like, no, we gotta get those pills to him. We don't have much time. And he is just groaning and moaning and clutching his stomach. And like, hey, buddy. What? And Patty's worried, like, because Wayne's like, what's wrong with him? And she's like, if he doesn't get some potassium into his system, he could pass out. So they're like, we gotta get downstairs and get those pills to, to make sure the kids see those pills. So Mitch kind of just shakes it off. He gets, he stands back up and he goes down the steps in the rollerblades. Granted, the stairs are carpeted, but even still, she's like, don't, don't, kids, don't, don't put the rollerblades on and go up and down your stairs. That is, that is so dangerous. But then again, what kids rollerblade anymore and like, 2020. So Wayne decides to use the bubble machine that if they stand in front of it while the bubble is being created, it should hold their weight. So the wives decide they're going to split up from their husbands because Gordon and Wayne, they want to try to get to the stereo so they can amplify their voice to get the attention of the kids. And of course, Patty and Diane, they need to get the pills, Mitch's pills in front of the kids, so that way it's like, hey, he needs to take his pills. Like, Quinn, what are you doing, babe? What, you want up on the table? Why? Okay. There's not much room up here for you, babe. I, yeah. Don't you? So, of course, the Solinsky men say goodbye to their wives like they're leaving for war. <laughs> And Gordon's like, hey, pa Patty, do you think you can do this? And she's like, you know, I've been scared of a lot of things, but right now I don't know fear. It's like, no, the mission, you got to get your pill to your kid. You got to get his pills to to him. And now we get, oh, my God, are they going to finally kiss and actually act like a married couple who love each other with Wayne and Diane? Because he's like, oh, my gosh, when I thought that cockroach was going to eat you, I've never loved you more. It scared me to death. He says, I've never been so scared my whole life. So he's like, I love everything about you, Diane, and I promise we're going to work to get better. We're like, we're going to save our marriage. <laughs> what does it feel? <laughs> you know, in the beginning, uh, in the first movie, they had an issue with him having, uh, you know, trying to get that strength machine to work. They were fighting. Diane stayed at her mother's house. And things worked out. In the end, they even had another kid. And in the sequel, I mean, things seemed good. But here, it's just... I'm not feeling...
showing the Wayne and Diane connection here. I not feeling like they have any affection towards each other. Yeah, I love everything about you and I promise things are going to get better. Oh my gosh, is this a different Diane? Cause she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. You don't know how glad I am to hear you say that. Diane, a relationship works both ways, okay? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I love everything about you too. And they go in to lean in to kiss and then she breaks away. Oh, except for the shrinking stuff. <sighs> oh, they actually kiss. Wow. I'm still not... I'm not on board with this Diane and Wayne relationship at all. All right, let's get back to the bubble machine. This thing is so cool. I want to see if I can find a bubble machine. What do you think, Quinbutt? Do you want a bubble machine, girl? <laughs> so, Diane and Patty go first. This seems like it would be such a fun ride to be in a bubble. And luckily, they just hover, they, you know, they're in the bubble, they softly hover and land on the ground, no problems, no broken bones, limbs, faces, none of that. And of course, the guys just wanted to make sure that their wives were okay before they attempted it. And of course, Patty's like, oh, I told her no party. And of course, Anne's like, well, at least there aren't any boys. I'm like, not yet, they're not. Or not yet, there isn't. Yeah, I just looked up Bubble Machine on Amazon, and you can get one for like 30 or $40 that have like six wands on it. So even though Patty and Diane had a safe landing, the Selensky Bros, eh, it's not going to be work out so great for them because they go, the bubble hovers into where the girls are partying in the living room, and... Of course, oh, I'm getting too hot in here, so Jenny goes and turns on the AC. So, Gordon and Wayne's bubble ends up hitting the light fixture, which pops the bubble. Luckily, Adam comes in time to present some dip, which the Selena, <laughs> which Wayne and Gordon fall into. This, of course, is a nod to the first movie with the Cheerio scene. The cheerio bowl, cereal bowl scene. Now Gordon and Wayne have to dodge a bunch of teenage girls that are dunking their chips into this dip and they're trying not to get eaten. And it's one thing if it's just one person, but when you got at least four hands going in with chips to dip, it's gonna be more of a problem. So what are you doing? Um they land in onion dip, and it's like, oh, we've been saved by an appetizer. And Gordon's like, hey, we gotta get out of here before we get eaten. And Wayne's like, hey, they're teenage girls. How much can they eat? Well, there's like six of them there, so you tell me. I mean, you know what they say. Once you pop, you can't stop. You're not gonna stop at just one chip. You're gonna want multiple chips with dip. This makes me want chips and dip right now. Oh, it looks so good. I remember when, um, in the early 90s, maybe mid-90s, um, Kraft had this jalapeno dip. Oh, it was so good. They don't make it anymore, of course, or if they do, it's not, like, the same kind. But it was just so good. And I would come home from school, put on Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, whatever, 
and just sit in front of the couch and just eat, you know, the potato chips with the Kraft jalapeno dip. Sometimes I'd even have pretzel sticks with it. And it was so good. It's like on the bus ride home, I would just be picturing myself sitting in front of the Tiny Toons or Animaniacs or Full House reruns, just vegging out and just stuffing my face. Granted, I just had lunch like an hour ago. I had chips and cheese, but still, like chips and dip, oh... Another product placement, a couple of PlayStation games, can't tell what they are, but... So, Jill, with her chip, ends up picking up Wayne and Gordon, of course. She sloshes it over the side, and Jenny's like, Jill, you're making a mess! And Jill's like, well, this stuff is really good, what's in it anyway? We cut to Wayne and Gordon just covered in onion dip. And he's like, the Solinsky brothers. <laughs> so now we, it seems like we got three different storylines. We got the kids, we got Wayne and Gordon, and we have Diane and Patty. Now we go to Diane and Patty. They're in the kitchen. They need to get up to the counter to get Mitch's pills. So that way they can get the pills where the kids are going to be able to see them. Because they're like hiding. It's The pills are hiding between two different cereal boxes. We cut now to the kids in the living room, and Mitch and Adam are now playing the game with the girls. Mitch is playing Truth or Dare. So Jenny dares Mitch to do his monkey impression, and it's adorable. Now we're going to go back to Wayne and Gordon, who are watching Adam and Mitch. And just, it's funny how they're just talking about each other's sons like oh I just your kid look at how great he is and and I think Wayne kind of realizes just how different he is from Adam and Wayne's like you know the girls I have been watching the kids and the girls really seem to like Mitch and it's like yeah he's making him laugh and Gordon's like yeah but the one who really impresses me is Adam I mean look at him he's so cool and confident as Adam bends down to whisper something in Jill's ear and she bursts out laughing and Wayne's like yeah he's so different from me I mean I was a complete loser when I was that age yeah if you think about it in this in the second movie with teenage Nick he's only a few years older than Adam here and Adam even though he's a little, but he's got that confidence. I mean, it took the whole movie for Nick to get that confidence, but it just seems like it comes so naturally to Adam. Granted, he's 10, give him a few years, and he might have that awkward, like, ugh. But, no, I just, I, I think he's definitely different from his, his dad and his brother. He follows the beat of his own drummer. And Wayne's like, yeah, I was even a complete loser in pretty much all of high school. And most of college. They says that the only reason he even met Diane was because he backed into her car. Ugh. So they're sliding down the end table leg that is just kind of a swirly curly cue thing. Like a, bi- a big fun slide. Because <laughs> they gotta get from the stereo. So you look at the guys and their clothes now are 100% clean. Like they never landed in that onion dip. So the doorbell rings, Jenny's like, turn off the music, it's probably just the neighbors complaining. She's like, oh, hand me the doll. So she goes up, opens the door, and who is it but Ricky King and two other fucking cronies, whatever. These kids are a pain in the ass. So these kids are pretty much there to crash the party and 
create problems. So this is clear. I looked at IMDb. This is the last thing this kid ever did. And then he moved on with his life. But he's got the long, like, late 90s hair. He's got, like, the necklace. He's all supposed to be basically hot shit to these girls. Like, oh my gosh, he's so hot. Ugh, like, ugh. No, 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 no. And she's like, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, well, you said you were having a party, and I thought I'd come and uh, hang out. Okay, is this kid's full name just Ricky King? No one calls him Ricky. Like, Ricky King, Ricky King, Ricky King. Ugh. Do you remember that show that was on the Disney Channel back in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, called Flash Forward with um, Ben Foster and I think her name was Jules Slate, something straight, something like that. Um, this kid played, let me look his name up. I I can't remember, but um, yeah, the show was called Flash Forward. It was a decent show. Actually, it had a young Ryan Gosling on there. Flash forward 1995 to 97 so yeah we had Ben Foster playing Tucker James we had Jules Saudi playing Becca Asia Beery playing Christine and okay Theodore Theodore Borders playing Miles all right yeah this was such a good fun show it really really was but yeah, if you recognize the the, the, uh, the blackhead in this, he's from Flash Forward. Which I think he was currently doing at the time of when he was in this movie. So Ricky King notices the doll, and he's like, hey, what do you got there? And she's like, oh, nothing, and she puts the doll behind her back. And then he pretty much, Trey and Vince, I guess, are his buddies. And Ricky's like, hey, let's show them how to have a real party. Oh yeah, so you're going to break out the weed, the... Uh, booze in the condoms. I doubt it. <laughs> it's just so laughable when these TV shows, these kids are like, oh, let's show them how to have a real party. What does that even mean? You're not bringing in contraband, like alcohol or weed or cigarettes or condoms or anything like that. So what is their idea of a real party? Just wreck the shit out of that person's house? So... I don't know which one's which. It's the one kid that's got, like, the long, dark hair that's kind of combed over the side. And he goes right to the stereos, flipping through the CDs. And we cut down to Gordon and Wayne. And Wayne's like, hey, my stereo. And Gordon's like, hey, my daughter. Dude, she ain't gonna get pregnant, okay? Chillax. It's a PG movie. <laughs> So we cut to Patty and Diane. They're trying to figure out how to get up to the counter. And the Daddy Long Legs is there, and Diane's like, oh my gosh, why didn't I squish that thing when I had a chance? Turns out that Daddy Long Legs is going to actually help them out after they help him out or her. We cut back to the party, and the kid with the shaggy brown hair is all like, hey, nice CDs. Do you got a remote or something? And Mitch, of course, is clutching the remote to his chest like he does not want to give that up. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want me to turn it on? And the kid's like, uh, no, actually, I want you to hand it over. And he just rips it out of Mitch's hand. And it's like, Jenny, you could be stepping up and saying, the fuck? But then again, she doesn't want to look like a loser in front of her friends and Ricky King. So she doesn't say anything. I feel 
like Adam, if I were Adam, I'm like, excuse me, this is my house, you piece of shit. Get the hell out of here. So we got, I'm guessing this might be Trey, the kid from Flash Forward. He's like, oh, watch this. He says that to Ricky King. Goes over to Mitch and says, hey, I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit there, man. And Mitch is like, huh? And Trey just grabs him out of his seat. Just grabs Mitch by his shirt and yanks him off the couch. Like, the hell? So Adam finally butts in like, hey, what are you doing? He was there first. And Trey's all like, what? So he had dibs on it? I'm like, get the fuck out of my house if I were Adam. And you see Gordon and Wayne, like, working on what they need to do to get into the stereo and all the technical details that I don't have any idea what they are. And he's like, hey, you, Gordon's like, hey, you can't bully my kid. I'm going to kick your ass, or I would if I were uh, regular size. So it seems like these guys are taken all over the party as Trey's like, oh, what are these little kids doing here? And Ricky King goes up to Mitch and says, yeah, I think you've got to be about uh, this tall, like a few inches taller than what Mitch is, to stay downstairs. So Mitch is like, I'm calling mom. This is getting way out of hand because he probably thinks the moms are most likely at the spa resort. And it turns out... They never made it there. Oh, I think I forgot to mention this whole time. Diane has been wearing a fanny pack. And she, uh, they gotta help Daddy Longlegs. He got his, you know, little legs stuck in a, uh, spider web. So, Patty's like, hey, you got a nail file in there? And I'm like, yeah, actually, surprisingly, I do. Here you go. And they use that to free the daddy long legs. And in return, the daddy long legs is going to help them out, get them up to the counter. That is pretty cool. So is this thing with Diane and this daddy long legs supposed to be, like, remind us of Ron's bond with Auntie? Because, uh, it... I think it's a stretch here, but definitely hands down, Auntie and Ron from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, much better bond. This is really weak sauce here. So, cut to the living room. The kids are all having a party. They're dancing. We cut to the top of the stairs. We got Mitch on the phone. Adam's hanging out, you know, hearing that the moms never made it to the spa. Behind them is a um, three-pictured photo frame that has Adam and Mitch, and I think there's one on the bottom with Wayne, and it all looks like pictures they took before they started filming. Because they're wearing the same damn clothes as they are now. Okay, so the top picture is Mitch and Adam. The middle one is going to be just Adam by himself. And the bottom one is going to be Wayne and Diane. So yeah, like I said, like Adam's like, alright, let's call our dads. And Mitch is like, but they didn't leave a number. And I love how Adam's like, alright, don't panic. Just, we'll figure it out. So now we're going to cut back to Diane and Patty, who are being helped up the to the kitchen counter by the Daddy Long Legs, talking about different recipes, Mexican taco salads, stuff like Chinese salad, stuff like that. Then we cut to the kids, of course. They're dancing, getting their dance on. So Wayne and Gordon get to the stereo. Of course, another product placement with Sony. They're going to split up. Wayne is going to 
somehow rewire the speaker so it turns into a microphone and of course Gordon is going to be the one that's going to be climbing up towards the top speaker to yell into it. I can only imagine that Gordon is going to get permanent hearing loss damage because he is right on that speaker as that music is being pumped out. Luckily for him, the next song's a slow song. Ricky King asked Jenny to dance, and then he's saying, like, oh, wow, I like you. You're not like other girls. You actually say what you mean. You don't play games. All right, now we cut up to Adam's room. He and Mitch are reading Jughead comics. Actually, Adam's reading, and Mitch is just kind of curled on his side, just looking like death warmed over. Adam's like, God, you don't look too good. You feeling all right? And Mitch is like, yeah. I feel okay. It's like, you don't sound, you sound so far from okay, it's not even funny. Alright, now we're gonna cut to Diane and Patty in the kitchen. So, Ricky's like, hey, I got something to tell you, but not here. Let's go into the kitchen. And, of course, Gordon's, like, hanging on for dear life onto the stereo on the front of it. And he's like, hurry up, Wayne, I want to yell. I want so much to yell at these kids. So they're in the kitchen, of course, so are Diane and Patty. Ricky puts his hand onto the kitchen island, and Diane's like, ew, dirty fingernails. And Ricky's all like, I want to be alone with you, and it's just like, this kid's a slimy piece of crap. Of course, he's like, oh, I think you're awesome. And Patty's like, oh, daughter, Jenny, please don't fall for that. He's just giving you a line, but she's like, oh my gosh, you think I'm awesome? Like, girl! Get your head out of your ass. Hey, yeah, he's just giving her a line. With another, here's another line. Oh, I think you're much cooler than all the other girls. Like, the fuck? He just wants to make out with her. So she's like, oh, what do you want to talk about? And he grabs her and kisses her. And Patty's all like, what is, what is he doing? She doesn't even know that boy. And Jenny, of course, pulls away. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, uh, I was kissing you. And she's like, well, you didn't ask. And he's like, ask what? Ask to kiss me. And of course he's like, well, most girls like to be kissed. Like, And she's like, well, I'm not most girls. I like how she's saying, like, you didn't ask me if I wanted to kiss you. You just kissed me. And he's like, well, most girls like that. Like, yeah, right. She's like, he's like, what are you talking about? And she tells him... Well, you just assume I wanted to kiss you. I don't even know you. So basically, she's like, if we'd have talked and you got to know me and everything, you, if you asked me that you wanted to kiss, if you could kiss me, then I might have been into it. But you just assumed and went right in. Yeah, she tells him, like, the way you did it was just wrong. He's like, oh, most girls like it that way. And she's like, I'm not most girls, and I don't think that way. Yeah, she says, as far as you and I are concerned, the party's over. Then get them out of the fucking house. Don't want them there anymore. They're causing trouble. Tell them to leave. So Patty is so happy that her daughter turned that boy down. Like, you tell him, Jenny. Axis denied. <laughs> Diane says, that is one good kid you have. And Patty agrees, like, yeah, she can take care of herself. So we cut to Wayne. He's in the side the stereo working on getting it transferred from the speaker to making it a microphone we see adam and mitch in the kitchen trying to find the pills why is mitch up and walking around just let him lay in the bed get the pills to him but then of course we wouldn't have this scene coming up so the boys split up and look around the kitchen and they see 
Mitch, and Patty's like, oh, he looks terrible. And Mitch, of course, he looks like he is seconds away from passing out. And he's just looking at the kitchen island, and he's just, he's got this dazed look on his face. He's like, Mom? And boom, he hits the, falls back and hits the floor. So they got to get the pills where the kids can see them, because now the pills have been knocked over on their side. And they're being hidden by those two big cereal boxes. So they got to push the pills where the kids can see them. Of course, Adam goes over to Mitch. We hear Patty say the, that paralysis can last 24 hours. So we need to get those pills to him. So Jenny comes into the kitchen and she's, what happened? He's like, I don't know. He, Mitch just fainted. So we see Diane and Patty trying to roll the bottle of pills. And of course... They're, like, pushing backwards on it, and <laughs> Dan's like, oh, this is worse than when I gave birth to Adam. <laughs> so Jenny tells Adam, all right, he's got a potassium deficiency, so you got to look in the fridge, see what you can find that's got potassium, check all the labels. And, of course, Jenny elevates Mitch's head, so that way when they do get something, he'll be able to get it down without choking on it. She says, oh, I haven't... <laughs> Worked this hard since I gave birth to Adam. <laughs> so Adam's checking in the fridge. He sees milk. He's like, no, that's not going to work. And he's like, potassium, potassium. And he sees the bananas on the counter. Like, bananas have lots of potassium. So he brings three bananas over. He starts getting pieces ready for Jenny to put in Mitch's mouth. And that way, he eventually does come to, like, hey, you doing all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm a little dizzy. And then this is where he says, I saw mom and dad. Or, not mom and dad. I saw, hold on. No, he's like, I saw mom on the counter. She was really, really small. And Jenny's like, yeah, right, uh-huh, sure you did. He's like, no, I did. So we hear screaming from the party in the living room. And they're like, what's that? We see Ricky is hitting all the buttons on this book, Lazy Susan, and just knocking all the books off of it. The girls, of course, just sit there because they don't know what to do. There's more of you girls than there are guys. Well, there's three guys there. But it's like, come the hell on. Now we get the second swear of the movie. As Gordon, who's clinging to the front of the stereo, says, Oh, damn it, Wayne, what's taking so long? Because he can tell those kids are being destructive. So Jenny runs in there with Adam behind her. She turns off the stereo, and Gordon thinks, like, Okay, now it's a microphone. He's like, Calling all kids, calling all kids. And I was like, Wait, I don't hear anything. So she's like, Ricky King, what are you doing? He's like, Hey, I happen to like this. I'm like, Get the you bastard! If I were Adam, I'd be fucking saying that. Get the fuck out of my house. And Jenny's like, I told you the party's over. Everybody out. And Ricky's all like, well, maybe we're not ready to leave. And of course, Trey turns the music back on. Adam finally gets in there and says something to Ricky. He's like, hey, didn't you hear her? The party's over. Now why don't you leave before you cause any more damage? And Ricky, of course, is calling... Wayne's invention's stupid. And I was like, yeah, my dad's inventions are not stupid. His shrink ray is going to go and be in the Smithsonian. And, of course, Ricky's like, what? I didn't know your dad invented a shrink ray. What's a shrink? Hemorrhoids? 
So Ricky's like, admit it, Adam, your dad's a loser. And Adam's like, no, he's not. And he, if he were here, he'd kill you for what you did to his bookshelf, ruining it and shit. I like how Adam is standing up for his dad. So Ricky's calling Adam a, a daddy's boy. Like, oh, he's not here, is he, daddy's boy? So what are you going to do about it? And of course, Adam's like, maybe I will do something about it. And Ricky, of course, corners him. We see Jenny say, I wish mom and dad were here. And Mitch is like, yeah, so do I. You kids get some damn confidence. There are more of you than those three pain-in-the-ass boys. Overpower them. The hell? It's not like Ricky's some 22-year-old beefy bodyguard-type bodybuilder dude that you can't physically overpower. This Ricky kid is so much... He's just talk. That's all. He's just talk. Ricky's got Adam, like, cornered right up against the wall. Like, what are you going to do about it, huh? What are you going to do about it? And luckily, Wayne finally gets the stereo turned into a microphone, so now Gordon is going to let loose. So he's telling the kids, stop what you're doing right now. I want you to leave this house. And Ricky's like, who said that? And Gordon's like, this is good. God, this is God. And I am ordering you to leave this house. And he's got like a ghoulish, like, ooh, sound. And the kids all like, get the hell out of there. And I like Mitch. He's like, gosh, you know, God sounds a lot like dad. <laughs> So, Ricky, of course, will not be deterred. He's like, it's clearly just a trick. And I love Gordon. He starts to get personal. It's like, really? Is that so, Ricky King? Then how do I know that you live on Sycamore? He even knows Ricky's parents' names, Mel and Cindy. Yeah, so he pretty much runs the kids off. And Jenny's like, all right, Dad, you can stop acting like God now. Where are you? So they're like, where's the camera? Where are you broadcasting from? And Gordon's like, I'm over here by the stereo. Your dad shrunk us. What? Oh, my God. So Adam grabs a uh, magnifying glass, and he takes it over to the left speaker where Gordon is. And as he's grabbing the magnifying glass from the table, he's like, to Mitch, he's like, that means they saw us rollerblading in the house. Kid, you got bigger problems to worry about. Don't, don't even, don't worry about that rollerblading. So Jenny's like, Dad, I didn't invite those boys over. And he's like, I know. Wayne and I saw everything. So Jenny's like, you weren't in the kitchen, were you? And Gordon's like, no. But your mothers were. <laughs> and of course, she's like, oh, God. And Mitch is like, I told you they were there. So Gordon's like, all right, kids, listen carefully. These will be the most important instructions I ever give you. Jenny, go get a piece of paper and a pencil. Adam, run upstairs to your laundry basket. Underneath, you're going to find that shark cart. Bring it down here. So Mitch and Jenny are looking for Diane and Patty. Adam leaves a little toy car for them to sit in, and they're, like, looking with the magnifying glass, like, where are you, where are you? They're laying on the uh, picture of the recliners on their brochure for that spa resort. Adam, of course, gets Gordon in that shark car. So while Jenny's got the instructions, she's getting the machine all ready to go and set up. Mitch and Adam put the toy cars down with their parents, and they all go to hug each other. And I'm like, you may want to get those cars out of the way, otherwise those are going to be enlarged too. And so the boys do take the cars away, alright. 
So Jenny tells him we gotta wait till uh, it hits 100% with critical mass and then we hit the red button. Adam's like, well, wait, wait, wait. Do we really want to do this? I mean, I got a hamster cage in my room and we could keep them shrunk and they would never tell us what to do again. Okay, and the parents are like, okay, I don't like the looks on their faces. What are they talking about? They better get us back to normal size. And Mitch is like, wow, total freedom. And even Jenny's like, you know, I suppose we could wait like a week. Like, no, no, just enlarge your parents, please. Get them back to normal size. Oh, okay. Oh, no, this is the whole Thumbelina joke where Diane's like, I don't like the looks of this. If those kids don't unshrink us right now, they're going to be in very big trouble. And Gordon's like, huh, really? What are you going to do about it, Thumbelina? They're, the kids are actually looking at the button and looking back at their parents. Like, they're actually contemplating, should we do it or should we, like, wait a week? And Mitch is like, I think we should give them a second chance. Just get them back to normal size, children. See, this is the problem. You're relying on your children to be able to do this. Yeah. I love how the kids all put their hands on top of each other to hit the button. Oh, that's right. The Tiki Man apparently was still on that platform because it got um, enlarged back to its regular size. So... Yeah, they're back to normal size, and the kids rush to their parents, and they all hug. Oh, it's so sweet. So Jenny's like, you know, Mom, about that Ricky King thing, and she's like, honey, I am so proud of you for the way that you handled yourself with the, that boy, and how you took care of your brother. From now on, I trust you. Aww. So Wayne's like to Adam, look, I saw the magazine, and Adam's like, uh, no, it's not mine. It's, they forced me to look at it. I didn't want to. Like. Dude, come on now. Just own up. So he tells Adam, like, hey, if you want to be a scientist, that's great. If you want to be a baseball player, that's even better. And he's like, I never should have made you go to Camp Isosceles. I know you don't want to go there. And Wayne turns to Gordon and says, look, I don't want to be president. You're good with all the numbers and figures and dealing with people. I like to invent things. So they pretty much swap jobs, which I guess since it's someone's key labs, they can do that. And there aren't any repercussions or any issues or anything like that. So that's good. So, of course, the subject of the Tiki Man comes up. And he's like, look, Diane, I'll get rid of it if that's what you want. She's like, no, seriously, Wayne, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. You do whatever you want to do with the Tiki Man. Holy shit! The comment in the second movie with the van with the solar panels. Holy shit, he's still got it. Eight years later. Because they're driving back from Adam's game. And Wayne's like, wow, I didn't know baseball had so much math in it. I like how Adam says, yeah, I bet you're the only dad there that could figure out the whole team's batting average. Instantly in his head. Like, uh, you're not wrong there, Adam. I'm sure he, he definitely could do that. Oh, so this is him at, um, coming home from baseball camp. Okay, cool. So he's like, hey, did you make any changes while I was gone? And Diane and Wayne kind of look at each other. And Wayne's like, well, I did move the Tiki Man to the backyard. What do you think? And we just see Adam's eyes bug out. And we see he's enlarged the Tiki Man so it's taller than the house. It's like 50 to 100 feet tall, this thing. And that's pretty much how the movie ends. I, I checked the end credits to see if there's like an additional scene at the very end. There isn't. 
Okay, I'm going to read a couple of reviews. The first one, 2 out of 10, pathetic. This review was left on December 29th, uh, 2001. Yes, talk about bad sequels. Rick Moranis stars in this awful third sequel to the once funny and entertaining Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. The concept basically plays the same way as the first film, but with the adults instead of the kids being shrunk in the inner house instead of the garden. And as... As the universe to explore. Okay. If you think this sounds interesting, think again. This movie is boring at best. Write down an embarrassment at worst. First of all, the continuity of the series has been completely flushed out the toilet. <laughs> the only remaining actor of the first movie is apparently Rick Moranis. The actress playing his wife has changed. The actress playing the kids have changed. The ones playing the neighbors have changed. Okay, first of all, um, I'm going to get a little technical here. First of all, yes, Rick Moranis is the only one of the original cast to come back for this movie, which is understandable because this movie is not great. <laughs> and not great is putting it mildly. So, um, this is me talking, guys. Of course, the actress uh, playing his wife changed. Not surprised there. I can see why Marcia Strassman did not want to do this movie. Um, maybe if they have more money, a much better script. I don't know. Um, of course, the actors playing the kids have changed. Well, Adam is no longer a toddler, so they had to age him up to age 10. Nick and Amy, of course, are most likely either Amy has got her own family now. She's out of college. Nick is probably finishing up college. Who knows? So, But we do get a name drop for both of them, which I thought was kind of cool. Of course, we don't have a name drop for Quark because he died quite a long time ago. Um, within the eight years between the second and the third movie. Um, the neighbors, of course, there are no neighbors. It's Adam's cousins, his uncle and aunt. So, all right. They try to make us believe this is the same family, but the results are puzzling to say the least. Second, the story is a rehash of the first one with not one bit originality. All the few jokes and there's barely any, and the dangerous situations presented in... Mo the movie are just copied straight from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Third problem is special effects. I'm sure this has been done on a smaller budget, but they are pathetic. Way, way worse than the ones appearing in the rest of the series. You're supposed to admire in awe these tiny figures exploring this huge domestic area, but you'll probably end up cringing most of the time. Fourth problem. To locate the action inside the house is just boring. Only few things happen, and then... And when they happen, they're not thrilling at all. The first movie was amusing because the kids were dealing with nature, the grass, and the bugs to li that live in it. In this one, the adults, which come up as rather boring compared to the kids, deal with dust, a cockroach, and a cockroach trap. Disgusting. I don't know why the idea of releasing such a trite sequel to the already moribund series appealed Disney's executives, except maybe because they needed to cash in without spending five minutes thinking about something new. I'm warning you, leave this tasteless cash and garbage where it should stay. Getting dust on the shop's shelves. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping that with Rick Moranis coming out of retirement to do this new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series or Honey, I Shrunk or whatever series, that hopefully it's definitely going to trump this third film. Josh Gand, who is did the voice of Olaf in Frozen. I guess he's going to be either Adam or Nick. I'm guessing maybe Nick because he's got dark hair. 
So, um, and of course, R.I.P. Marcia Strassman. So she won't be coming back. Who knows really how this is going to go. There are actually some 10 out of 10 reviews. Wow. Okay, here's 1 out of 10. The first was brilliant. The second was solid. This is trash. Oh my gosh, this review was on May 8th of this year. Holy shit. It was like over a week ago somebody put this up. That's so cool. Okay, okay. So there's a reason this was straight to video. It's trash. The kids from the first two movies have disappeared. And the only one left is Adam, the baby from the sequel, who's now a teenager. Well, he's 10 years old, so he's a preteen. To cover for this, they have brought in two irritating kids to replace the original kids. In fact, the kids as a whole are irritating as hell. The wife has also changed for the worse. The new actress, she is bloody irritating as hell is hot. <laughs> oh, as hell is hot. Okay. The neighbors are now Wayne's brother's wife, Gordon and Patty. Patty's beyond annoying. Gordon isn't that bad. He do actually does a good job. Why they have revamped not just the entire cast, but the characters is idiotic. Just skip this trash. Honestly, it's straight to video for a reason. The first was brilliant. The second was solid without being great. This was trash. Facts are... People who have who were kiddies when the first came out have diluted positive memories of this crap and are really the only ones liking this crap in this review section. Skip this trash. Okay. All right, let's look at some of these 10 out of 10 reviews. All right, here's a 10 out of 10 review titled Small Budget Film, Tiny People, Big Thumbs Up, March 14th, 2018. Warning, spoilers. I like this movie. I do. I find myself watching this one more so than the first and second having grown up in the 90s. I was first introduced to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from an early age, and I have to say the special effects are just pure genius. I've never really cared so much for the second movie, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Not a bad sequel, but the real winner is this trilogy. I think it's more fun to watch, and it's very clear that the real stars of the movie are the adults. Rick Moranis plays a cool with scientific knowledge and creations of attracting the kids' attention. Eve Gordon, Diane, is just hilarious. Ugh. And I've always liked her as an actress, but her comedic skills really show during this movie. Her facial expressions are spot on, especially during the end sex scene, but then she's just a pleasure to watch throughout the whole film. What fucking person were you watching? Um, I also like Robin Bartlett, who plays Patty, another great actress who shows no fear when it comes to heights and daddy long legs, and Stuart Pankin I'm not familiar with, but I'll give him credit for his chirpy, upbeat character, Gordon. The supporting roles of the kids are clearly on form. Allison Mack, who plays Jenny, great actress, although she was only 15 at the time of the filming of this movie, she's gone on to star in bigger and better projects. Smallville, of course. The teenager said gate crash the party do become annoying like you'd really enter someone's house and disrespect the place like they do and how many times does ricky king's full name need to be said in one scene special effects in this movie are great fantastic considering the movie was made on a low budget and i particularly love the race car track scene brilliant to watch and makes me wish i was shrunk to be able to do that the cast must have really had a blast filming this movie, especially that scene. Very likable entertainment, and clearly the adults in the movie are having more fun than the kids. Definitely 10, for 10, 10 out of 10 for me. Very impressed with this film. Uh, one in which I do quite like to watch over and over again. Well, that's great for you. Alright, the last two are going to be not the greatest reviews. Uh, 2 out of 10, it's best to skip this entry from June 10, 2012. 
1989, Disney scored a surprise box office hit with, or box office smash with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. A fun adventure for all the family that placed a handful of miniature, miniaturized kids in a perilous and amusing thrill ride that showcased some truly amazing special effects. Its success led to a sequel in 92, Honey, I Blow Up the Kid, a joyous effects heavy romp about a rampaging oversized toddler that, although not quite on par with its predecessor, was nonetheless frenetic and entertaining. Then in 97 came Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, a direct-to-video sequel. By this point, only Rick Moranis as wacky inventor Wayne Selinski remained, Marcia Strassman as his wife Diane is replaced by Eve Gordon, and Bug Hall, Bug Hall takes over the role of their young son Adam, the other kids... Their other kids, Amy and Nick, are mentioned but not seen. Well, that's because Amy's, like, 26 and Nick's, like, 22. So they've moved on with their lives. Um, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves hails considerably in comparison to the other two entries. It seems overall to be very pedestrian, woefully inferior effects, and a dumbed-down script. The budget is shrunken dramatically, and it seems to solely target the very youngest audience with its heavy-handed life lessons. Even Rick Moranis appears bored by the proceedings, turning in an adequate but tired performance. It's a shame that a series that had started out on a high had and to end with a bar. Oh, excuse me. It's a shame that a series that had started out on a on a high had to end with a bargain basement clunker. It's probably best to skip this entry and rewatch the other two Honey films. And let's see, I'm going to do one more, which I think is funny. Titled, Oh Lord, Did This One Suck, from October 20, 2002. This is terrible, 110%. Everything from the horrific computer-aided special effects that were used on stupid, pointless things, i.e. the station wagon driving down the street, to the terrible acting by uneducated child performers, i.e. the scene where, actually, it turns out... It's uh, not Jenny, it's Jill, played by Mina Kunis, drops a minute amount of onion dip on the table, and she is told she is making a mess, to which she replies, I can't help it, this stuff is good, what's in it? <laughs> it's onion dip, what do you think is in it, idiot? Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? It's onion dip, dum-dum, what do you think's in it? Chives? Maybe. Uh, and the cliches <laughs> everywhere you look, i.e. the parents assumed gone. Party with girlfriends gets out of control by jerky pre-adolescent uninvited boys trashing the house. If you have this video, you should use it <laughs> as kindling in your fireplace. Rick Moranis never was the best actor, but even he could do something better than this monstrosity. Yuck. A minus 10 out of 10. All right, here's another 10 out of 10. This is the last review I'll do. More honey for everyone, exclamation point, times five. Was published on IMDb September 6, 2006. 2006. Disney's next video-only film, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, is from 97 and is a live-action film, too. Here, the parents of both the family, both the families from the Honey movies were accidentally shrunken down. Wait, wait just a dang second. First of all, no. Wayne and Diane, Diane played by a different actress, were shrunk. Wayne's brother and sister-in-law are also shrunk. So let's get this straight. There's not the same neighbors. There are no neighbors in this movie, only cousins and aunts and uncle. So, all right. 
However, for the kids, that meant party time, LOL. So the kids have done crazy things from making a chili volcano with hot dog people <laughs> to holding a very teenage party. Don't worry, it's still a family flick. Yeah, there are no, there's no weed, no alcohol, no condoms, none of that. It's purely G-rated party. So, uh, yeah. And while those things happened, the parents went for a wild ride on a Hot Wheels loop ramp. I had that. Hiding in a roach motel, swimming in dip to avoid what would happen to the kids eight years later, or eight years earlier. Oh, okay, yeah, it's a callback to the first movie. And the best part, when one of the dads played God using a stereo system, a speaker, two pieces of aluminum foil, a blocked circuit, highway, etc. Major fun, in all caps, exclamation point, times five. I lived every bit of the Honey series, and I wish this would continue soon. Well, you know what, you're going to get your luck, because Disney Plus, it looks like they are planning a Honey series, with Rick Moranis reprising his role as Wayne Zielinski, as far as his wife, and... Three other children? Who knows? I'm sure by this point he's got grandkids. I mean, hell, at this point, Adam's finished with college and probably married and got a kid of his own. So this is an article here, pretty much... Um, let's see. Oh, it's a new film. It's not a sh series? I don't know. And the new film, which is aptly condensed title Shrunk, Josh Gad will play Solinsky's son played by younger actor, actor Robert Oliveri in the 1989 and 92 films, who, yes, accidentally shrinks his family. Originally, oh, I see. So adult Nick shrinks his family. Apparently he's now an inventor too, from what I'm getting, gathering from this. Okay. Um, and this is, of course, where... Um, his dad's going to have to jump in here. Original director Joe Johnson is returning to make the sequel with Todd Rosenberg writing the script. That is awesome that we get the guy who did the first movie. Wait, did he do the sequel too? I didn't know if he did this. Okay. Interesting. Okay, I'm reading another article. It's from Cinema Blend. What the fuck is this? Re reboots, remakes, and sequels of nostalgic properties are a huge part of Disney's big and small screen strategies. The Sandlot, The Mighty Ducks, Turner and Hooch, and Willow are all getting series on Disney+. And Home Alone and Hocus Pocus will be getting new movies on the streaming service? What the fucking fuck? I don't know how I feel about some of these. I mean, Hocus Pocus is okay, okay. Turner and Hooch, my beloved... One of my favorite films. I heard about Sandlot and Mighty Ducks. Those aren't a surprise to me, but it's just like... I don't know. Turner and Hooch? Are they... Hooch Jr.? This is... That was, what, 1989, 1990 when Tom Hanks was in Turner and Hooch? And at the end, of course, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the movie, go see it, because I'm going to spoil the ending. Hooch dies, and he's got a... He left a puppy a kid he had he had sex with a collie and they produced a litter of puppies like 99 percent of them were collies and the other one was like an identical copy of carbon copy of hooch so even at this point this is what 1990 and 2020 that's 30 years how many hooch puppies have been Born between thir 
30 years and, and, and now. I, I don't know. It could be a Fuller House Cosmo Cosmo Jr. situation for all we know. Okay, so this article pretty much says the only way that this new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids film thing is going to be successful is if they follow the five rules. Outdoor adventures. While I'm open to something entirely new, I think there are so many permutations you can do with this premise. Might be nostalgia talking. I think the series needs to get back to what it did best. That means sending out the shrunken kids on an outdoor adventure. Honey, we shrunk ourselves worked well with the adults shrunk inside the house. Uh, uh, what? Whatever. Um, but we've seen the kind of thing more recently in films like Ant-Man and to a lesser extent Toy Story. It's time to go back outside. Um, putting the kids outdoors would give Shrunk a real adventure and feel and would capture some of the mild scariness of the original. And honey, I shrunk the kids. Nick was a nerdy kid with a ton of allergies who had to brave the wilderness in the backyard. Perhaps this film can be a subtle message for kids to go outside by, again, throwing an indoor kid into an outdoor adventure. Plus, we get more insect friends, which is a must. Rest in p peace, Auntie. A great cast. Not an absolute guarantee of success, but adding talented people certainly won't hurt Shrunk. At this moment... At the moment, we only know of the two actors to star in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel, Josh Gad and Rick Moranis, who will play Nick Selinski and, of course, Wayne Selinski, respect respectively. Having Rick Moranis involved is a great start, but needless to say, there are more actors who will be added, and while the adult actors will be important, the kids are even more so. What do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Goonies, The Mighty Ducks, the, uh, Stand By Me, The Sandlot, It, and Stranger Things all have in common? A great cast of child actors. The kids don't have to be well-known, and it's perhaps even better if they're not. They just have to be good and have fun chemistry with one another. For any childhood adventure to work, you have to care about the kids. A good blend of practical effects and CGI. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm just going to go through and state the headings. Acknowledge the past, absolutely. If Disney chose to just reboot the property entirely with a straight remake of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, there wouldn't be any sort of requirement to address what came before. Instead, Shrunk will be a sequel to a series that has already three entries. I think it is important that the past events and continuity be acknowledged in a real way, particularly when it comes to the characters. There are tons of rumors out there about the plot and characters in the film, but we haven't learned much other than Josh Gads. Nick Selinski will wind up shrinking his own kids. What we don't know is whether the other Selinski kids, Amy and Adam, will be involved in any way. The same goes for the mom, Diane, who rumors indicated may have passed away before Shrunk begins. I don't know if Disney would bring back Amy O'Neill or Bug Hall for a cameo, but these characters have played major roles in this franchise, so we need to know where they are now. Don't go too big. This is one important. This one is important. If you didn't do know anything about this sequel, you probably guessed that Shrunk would be coming to Disney Plus. But instead, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids sequel will be a theatrical release. And while that is exciting for a whole host of reasons, including a potential bigger budget and the opportunity to see Rick Moranis on the big screen again, it also raises the concern that Disney will be tempted to make this movie too big. Gotcha. The original Honey I Shrunk the Kids works because while the tech is impressive and the concept fantastical at its core is a childhood adventure story that says things about family and friendship so shrunk should stay small real quick i want to address the thing about what we kids the ones that grew up in the 80s and 90s feel as 
what worked for us as kids versus what today's kids are like and what works for them. What works for them may not, what worked for us is what I'm saying is something that might not work with today's kids. I think today's kids are vastly different from how we grew up. We did not have the internet. We did not have social media. Kids today are growing up in a tech age. So I'm thinking what impresses kids nowadays would be vastly different from what impressed us and what we consider as nostalgia for us. So I think, honestly, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it's good for parents you know, us kids that have, you know, they've become parents, they're now showing their kids these films that they grew up on, and whether or not the kids are, if they're impressed by it, or if they're like, oh, those are old movies, we like this stuff. I think, honestly, a lot of these things that are coming back, like I said, The Mighty Ducks, Sandlot, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series, or movie, or whatever the heck it's going to be, that is for us, the 30-plus going into our 40-somethings. That's for our nostalgia, and if, you know, it would be nice if kids today would be able to, if they could see the things that we loved and find a way to appreciate them. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just rambling here now at this point, guys, but um, I hope you enjoyed this review. I Like I said, I always have fun reviewing these movies. Um, I definitely agree this movie was not the greatest, um... If I had to say, um, if I would completely remove it from, um, the franchise, I, or where is, like, Free Willy, the franchise, there's, like, what, four movies? I don't, I've never seen the fourth one, don't want to see it, have no interest in seeing it. Same with the Home Alone, I only count the first two, the last, like, there's like, what movie aren't they even on now? Seven, eight? I can't tell. And the cast of characters have changed so damn much. Beethoven, another one. I only count the first two. Three, four, and five, they don't exist to me. But, I mean, if you guys like them, that's awesome. Everyone's got their own, like, this is where I stop in a franchise. Once the cast of characters change, once the actors change... And the storyline just goes cuckoo banana bread. Then that's where I, I get off at this point. Like, stop the train. I'm getting off. So, all right. Like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I had fun. I hope you have fun. And, yeah, this is the last entry of Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. And when they eventually do the series or the sequel movie or whatever it's going to be, we don't know at this point, I will definitely cover that on the podcast. So, All right, everyone, have a great weekend. It's May 16th today, so yeah, we are halfway done with May already. Cray cray, right? But then again, we've all been home for the last couple months, so I guess it really doesn't matter. (laughs) All right, bye-bye, everyone.